When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fun fact, you are the first person who has ever been shadow banned by my own email account. When I go to type in your name, all the other G's and all the other W's come up. But much like uh, like when Jocko Willink, that Navy SEAL, who he got shadow banned recently on Instagram, you can type in his whole name, nothing comes up, yet he has like 3 million followers. When I go to address an email to you, it does, I have to t- I have to go back and find old email. That's why when I send you a Zoom invite, it's like the last comment in our thread will be from like August, and then it'll be like, "Here's the Zoom invite," and it's because oh, I can't find you any. But I figured I'd uh, give you that little trophy. You're the only person to ever be shadow banned within my own email account. Yeah, well, I am on the Tommy Kerrigan show. It did happen anyway. We're, <laughs> we're de-schwabifying the world. We figured it out. You know, uh, you also sent me my Twitter, which was funny because I had all these videos on my uh-huh. Twitter, and, and you showed me how you saw it, uh-huh. and it was like the first second would play, and then, oop, yeah. gone. Oh, uh, yeah, and the first video player corrupted <laughs> or something. Just happens with no one else. I've never seen that happen on any other. I've seen videos taken down where it's like, this has been removed for violating yours. They really fuck you good. They go, oh, like file has been corrupted or media player not working. And I'm like, why is George uploading all these videos that don't work? And then, you know, because I'm a bright guy, eventually the light bulb goes off and it's like, hey, maybe he's being censored. <laughs> maybe George yeah. isn't an idiot. But um, those there's a couple of uh, people that uh, somehow had two computers in their house and, and sent me videos playing side by side. I think what it is is they'll let you have your little cadre of 100 people that you know are watching your videos so that you get the sense that it's going out. And then you ain't growing, buddy. You're going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Containment strategy. That's a good point. The idea that they haven't advanced and evolved their shadow banning methods, that that would be faulty on our part, right? I mean, of course they would. There's, as you know, you can't comment on the White House videos since Biden took office or stole the office, right? And but so what would happen with every video? He just get fucking ratioed. One k of uh, likes, twenty five k. No matter what the video, no matter who was on it, it was just we can't comment. All right, fuck you. And obviously, for all future listeners, today's Saturday, November thirteenth, twenty twenty one. There's now no more dislike button on YouTube, and their claim is that it's for creators' mental health, which they don't give a shit about because they banned me, but. It's not the case because the creator on the back end can still see the dislikes. It's the public can't see it. It's because every COVID video, every Pfizer video was just getting absolutely ratioed. So, of course, you know, we go forward one step, they go forward one step. And I think you're right. You probably have a limited hangout of they all see your videos, but then I'm trying to look at it and everything's corrupted. And, uh, which just means that you're over the target, right? Yeah, Pfizer had this video, and you couldn't comment on it, but it was it was a balloon like wild conspiracy theories, and it was a child like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see that at Disneyland, and they were chasing the balloon? Yeah. 
And then the parent was like science and they were pulling their kid back in saying, no, we don't want you to go off the cliff. But I thought, you know, I I wanted to change it slightly and just have the, the little kid on the train at Auschwitz. And it said, death camp are you know like a newspaper death camps are are, are being built you know trains are unloading <laughs> yeah yeah and having them go to reach that and then the, I, the parent pulling them back saying you know this is just for our reach education it's going to be okay i made one i made a photoshop back in like december which eventually got me perma banned from reddit uh i created my own subreddit like four years ago called funner history purposely spelled funner because that's not a real word but what I would do is I would just Photoshop like fighter jets into like World War Two. It was just like, you know, like an F-117 bombing Dresden. It was just stupid, like an M1 Abrams tank in the Revolutionary War. Just stupid shit. And it ended up getting like 25,000 subscribers. So naturally, you know, I used it to start dispensing red pills. I was like, the election was stolen. And, you know, and then I got booted from Reddit. But um, one of the ones I made was was a. Uh, was like attack on Pearl Harbor, like the newspaper. But then I put in black and white, I said, independent fact checkers have debunked this. Or, you know, Hitler is putting Jews <laughs> in death camps. And it was like, here's why experts say that's potentially mis, or, you know, pan- you know, that's mostly false. And it's like, well, that's where this is going. Right. And the, the thermometer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, that's where this is going though. And it's, it's, but I think, I do think the facade is very slowly crumbling. I think people are starting very, and who knows, maybe I'm just being optimistic. I do think people are starting to poke holes in it where it's like, well, hold the fuck on. None of this shit works. They're making a ton of money. Like right. The head of the FDA just went to the head of Pfizer or vice versa. Like I think, and the thing is though, is that I always say this, we're never going to see, you know, the revolution will not be televised. Nazi Germany didn't pop didn't make radio broadcasts that said the soviets are closing in they you know they held the the poker face up until the last day the soviet union was never like huh this system's falling apart it just all of a sudden crashes but it was decades in the making we're never gonna see cnn come out and be like vast majority of people don't believe the election was uh, fair you know or you know no one really believes that this vaccine's working they're not gonna say that they're in the pocket of them so I think if we keep pushing, it's eventually going to break through. But enough of that side tangent. You somehow, like myself, have not been destroyed by a Hellfire missile yet because you are tracing the origins of COVID. Where are we at now? Well, I wanted to make one sure. uh, comment about yeah. about health check or, or gut check or where is America kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just recently took a what I call a listening tour to uh, Florida. I went all over Florida. Because, you know, maybe people are going there because it's a little freer and no mask and whatnot. And DeSantis, whatever the reasons. But uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to go to, I don't know if it's Redneck, Capital Central, whatever, but Daytona. And I'm going to, birth of NASCAR and birth of Let's Go Brandon. And I stayed in the the original Bill French Hotel and all of his memorabilia of him sitting on turn three and the whole thing. I immersed myself into it. And then we went over and, and went in, in front of a, an event and stopped people on the street corners. They were waiting for the red light and said, what do you think of Joe Biden? And I thought it was going to be, oh, he's going to be dead or, oh, you know, Kamala is really running it or, oh, you know, the deep state's really running it or whatever. What a, they said, uh, you know, it was kind of like they were informing me. 
And they were just big guy after big guy carrying like two coolers full of beer, <laughs> just that kind of thing. You know, don't you know Biden's just a puppet boy? <laughs> you know, it's just like Klaus Schwab's the one you got to worry about. Klaus Schwab. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, you know, I thought everybody, you know, was just, in, you know, feeding on all the crap that they get about Biden on Fox. No, Klaus Schwab's the one you got to worry about, boy. Uh, so that, that was a that was a reality uh, check. You love to fucking see it, right? When like people oh, you don't yeah. think twice about, and it's like, who knows? And maybe that's on our fault, right? Maybe we assume they don't know. Maybe that's our own sort of fucking elitism. But no, no, you like you you'd see a guy, and you, I yeah, I I always remember a guy like. uh a moving guy helping me like move my, I had like a king size bed into my apartment like five or six years ago. And he was this dude that everyone in the town kind of used him. He's just big dude. You pay him 20 bucks. He'll come move all your shit. You just, you know, assume that, you know, if he, if he, if he could, he would be somewhere else. Why would he want to do this? He was like in his sixties and he had like two teeth. And I remember one day I was talking, he was helping me move something in and me and my friend were talking and he overheard us. And I remember he poked his head. It's a big black guy. And he poked his head in the room and he goes, the federal reserve is a fictitious entity. Don't fall for it. <laughs> he walked out. <laughs> and I always remember that. It was just this. And I was like, I was like, I think the average person is more read into all this. I just always remember the federal reserve is a fictitious entity. Fiat money means nothing. The gold window closed under Nixon. Where do you guys want this refrigerator? And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, it gave me hope. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I think, yeah. you know, my mom too, you know, my mom's in her 60s and, you know, always kind of Fox News listening. And even in the last couple of years, I've seen her mind shift to be like, well, you know, but what about the EUA? How come they aren't using ivermectin? The biggest state. And I'm just like, holy shit and so but again it's never going to be broadcasted right you're never going to see right. fox news like the vast majority of people don't believe our spoon-fed bullshit they all know klaus schwab is a neo-nazi trying to enact a totalitarian great reset dictatorship on the you're not going to see that yeah but i think you know even when they try to uh you know position it make it sound like they're the great saviors it just somehow doesn't ring through and everyone goes well that makes sense you know, 3D printed hamburgers. Yeah, that makes sense. They're patenting those. You know, they're going to yeah. put some crap in there. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, Bill Gates is buying all the farmland to say, you know, to, to move it away from cattle farming over to, you know, Monsanto production. And we're all going to love that. You know, is that <laughs> I don't think so. You know, but I, I was just thinking, you know, I want to keep my mind open to the impossible burger. Burger King has this thing, which is mostly sure. soy. Thing. Sure, and that's all well and good, but when Klaus Schwab's the one flipping the burgers, yeah. or his robots are flipping the burgers, he could flip those. He could send the the Zyklon B in <laughs> at any time, you know. And all of the robots, uh, burger flippers that Schwab has, all put the Zyklon B in there, and it's, they think it's one thing when it's one thing when when Kennedy brings McNamara on. And you're like, here's this guy, head of Ford. He's all about streamlining. He's all about, you know, pushing the bleeding edge so we can reap the benefits back home and make the company more efficient, right? So then you get McNamara's whiz kids, brings them into the DOD, SecDef, Vietnam War. They wanted to start using, right, you know, the all, all the kind of really kind of spearheading like electronic intelligence and stuff all the way back in Vietnam. And it kind of makes sense. You go, oh, there's the streamlined guy, right? And you're bringing it to, you're bringing it to war. Okay, 
maybe makes sense, right? That's like keeping the mind open to the impossible whopper. But when you bring like when you bring Dick Cheney in, and he's like, "Listen, there's this area of the world that's f- don't. It's just a coincidence that's full of fucking oil." But and I know that they didn't do 9-11, but it's right next door. And it's like, oh, did you? Wait, you're not from Ford. Like You used to be the CEO of Halliburton. It's like, you know, it's not the, oh, you're bringing in a headhunter. Sure, ahead of Ford, streamline the, pro- okay, I got it. You're like, hey, there's like an, un- you know what the Uncanny Valley is? No, no, tell me. The Uncanny, and sorry, I know I talk nonstop. You got to throw some elbows to get in here. But <laughs> the Uncanny Valley is, it's something to do with video games and CGI. And it's, you know, you have like your first whatever CGI. And it's like a two-dimensional whatever. Maybe like an alien invasion arcade game. And you get better through the years. You get to like Grand Theft Auto or you get to any video, whatever, Hitman or whatever, Lord of the Rings. And the CGI gets better and better. And you, you know, you start to see like glistening on the face with sweat. You know, the eyes, sometimes they dilate. The mouths move more and more. It's not just like, you know moving mouth it you get closer and closer and it looks realer and realer but there's this uh there's this i guess neuroscience phenomena where as you get closer and people accept it more and more right when you get to like the event horizon of looking almost exactly like a human the human mind completely rejects it it just it's so it's like a on one on one axis you have like a i guess advancement and on the other axis you have like human acceptance and it looks more and more real like spongebob to more cgi to maybe marvel avengers but then when you get to fully like the most realistic hyper realistic supercomputer creation of a face something in the human mind that on the on the surface you can't say what it is it's not like you're looking at and you're going oh his nose isn't right there's just something deep inside that just rejects it and it's it's called the uncanny valley and people commented on video game trailers all the time. Like what the fuck is that? And it's like, it's completely, it's not intuitive because you think as it gets more realistic, right? The teeth aren't perfect. You know, the nose is off center and you know, their mouth moves more when they talk. Maybe you see saliva, it gets realer and realer. And then right on the cusp of being hyper realistic, the human mind goes, something about and like it's it's literally described as like it makes you uncomfortable and you go uh uh it's like a dog it's like a dog seeing something and just like you know kind of backing away i say all that to say that's what like the great reset kind of feels like you can slowly march there for like a century normalize the military industrial complex operation mockingbird you know move things more towards drone warfare censorship move the overton window hey we got to surveil everything after 9 11 you know no 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 bankers get prosecuted after 2008 you move more and more and more and it seems like right as we're coming up to the cusp all of a sudden it's like wait why the fuck does klaus schwab want me to eat these burgers (laughs) like yeah yeah it's just it just that's kind of how i feel about what you're saying yeah and you know i spent most of my i'm kind of one of those repentant uh people that was a part of all the high tech world you know i was a big I, i was around before google and i was worked with a lot of guys who then went over and funded Google, Andy Backelsheim. And I worked for, you know, Eric Schmidt at Sun Microsystems. Yeah. So, 
So I, uh, and you know, 200 guys, but, but I worked for him. So, but, you know, he was around and, you know, I talked to him and so forth. So I didn't see these people as the great enemies of the world. They were just saying, hey, we shouldn't have really expensive IBM mainframes. We should have small sun computers and everyone will save money and, and things will grow and ideas will bloom. And uh, this this is going to be great. Um, and we, we sold uh, different workstations for earth resources for oil and gas like you were talking about and uh you know modeling 3d of of mines and 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 oil deposits and i never thought or for modeling jet uh runs you know missions and it just seemed like hey this is great pilots won't get shot down now they're going to be saved instead of doing all this and and hey there's this thing where you can talk into it and it translates straight into you know, Arabic, well, of course the NSA should have that, you know. So a lot of these pieces and parts, we all were a part of, at least my generation was a part of making all that happen. And now, you know, we see it being used kind of the other way around. It's like, hey, it went from the battlefield over there, and now it's being applied here. Maybe they turned the volume down a little bit. They attenuated the bioweapon to a bioagent. They attenuated the surveillance so that when you vape, whatever they put in the vape doesn't kill you or make it so you can't walk up the stairs, but it slows you down. Um, and if you are a complier, you get the goodies, you know, you get the promotions and stuff. And if you're not a complier, you get turned down and you don't know why. Something happens on your personnel file, or your credit rating or your credit score or whatever to, to knock you down. And we're seeing that. And it, it's one of those things where I think it's kind of like putting in the infrastructure into a new community. You don't know what kind of community leaders are going to be in that community when it's finally finished. You just need that they, they need sewage and they need electricity and water and all that and good roads. And so you're putting all that in. And then at the end, here comes Klaus Schwab in his limo, yeah. you know, after he parked his private plane, uh, the, you know, Green New Deal plane, <laughs> and your kids, they chauffeur for the guy, and, and then he hears him talking and saying, hey, you know, we really have to make it so that we could flip the switch any day. If they get, the natives get restless, we be, want to be able to, and then, and, and all, the, all the robots will march, and all the, all the uh, drones will fly. And it, forever, it'll just per, be persistently flying. We'll get used to it like clouds. And that that I do think everyone, like you were saying, the what's it called, the valley? What valley is it? The Uncanny Valley. The Uncanny Valley. I wonder who gave that name to that. That's, that's an interesting name. But uh, yeah, I, I do think that's where we are. I think everybody is there. I'm not just people who think about it all the time. But the people who were, you know, a couple of years ago even, you know, this was all conspiracy theory, you know, that... Bill Gates would own all the farmland. Oh, that's ridiculous. Bill Gates isn't owning the farmland. Oh, there would be, they're bringing back Spanish flu. Oh, that's ridiculous. Gain of function, bringing back Spanish flu. The Erasmus lab, Dutch lab, never would do that. That's stupid. That's, well, <laughs> here we are, you know, so there you go. There's, yeah, no, and that's a, that's a brilliant point that I uh, <clears throat> always kind of come back to is I always think it's it's about flipping the switch. I remember, I had a roommate back in college who was so fucking far ahead of his time. I used to think he was a nut job. He was always talking about, you know, Glenn Greenwald and, and surveillance. And I remember he used to describe it as he was like, they're not doing anything right now. 
he was like, but essentially what the power structure is doing is they're assembling a gun. They've been assembling it for decades. And then they started putting a bullet into it. And hey, they're not doing anything to you. But And then they're they're just slowly putting it right, not even touching you, just right above your forehead. And they're going, I'm not doing anything yet. I'm not breaking any laws. And you're going, all right, you're going about your day. But they're just, it's right there. And if at any, and they'll talk and, you know, they'll, they'll negotiate and, hey man, if you don't do what I want, you know, maybe I'm going to turn off the hot water. They'll do little things, but never forget that the escalation can only go, right? We don't see total war anymore. There is no such thing as true total war because total war used to be, you used everything at your dispense and that changed on August 6th, 1945, right? So everything since then is... It's right up to, I mean, right, we have the guns at the other nations and they have us, they're nuclear warheads, you know? So just always remember that I have a revolver to your forehead. If you start looking up on the internet how to 3D print your own revolver, I'll shoot you. If I see you ordering ammo, I'll shoot you. Anything less than that, we can negotiate, I'll talk. But it's, but that's, and that, even that is only because I don't want to shoot you because then I'd have to clean it up and right now it's beneficial for me to have you alive. That's what it is. And it's, it's the slow, I mean, have you ever, have you ever, and I'm all over the place. Have you ever read the book? Uh, I can't get in touch with this author, Arthur Hall and Michael he wrote a book called Eye in the Sky, Rise of the Gorgon Stare. It's about. I've heard of the Gorgon Stare before. That's like Greek mythology, right? Uh, yes. So yeah, but I don't know. What's the name again? Eye in the Sky, Rise of the Gorgon Stare. I, I legitimately, for anyone interested in like what's going on right now in the world with surveillance, I think it's the single most important book to listen to. It's on Audible. It's like eight hours. You can knock it out in two days. It's about, mm-hmm. it's about, it's about like predator drones and reaper drones. And what they do is they have, it's called, I think, uh, a wide area, like multi-surveillance whams or yes, right there. Yep. The Secret Rise of the Gorgon Star and how it I'll be your graphics guy. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Our new intern, George Webb. I'm I'm paying him three dollars an hour, and if he's lucky, he gets. I wish. He, if he's lucky, he gets a soy burger. You will you will eat the soy and you will be happy. But what it is is, in short, is what they found. What they found in the Middle East was that you could have this big thing looking over, kind of like a whole city, and then you see a guy of interest. Right there's a guy in a you know in a burqa, and he's getting in a truck that's weighed down. It's probably a suicide bomber. You zoom in on that. When you're zooming in on that, you're no longer seeing the rest of the city. So they created a thing that records the whole city, and then they also it has soda straw. It's looking through a straw. It has the ability to zoom in while still recording everything. All right, doesn't okay, you know, whatever. Seems a little bit of advancement. Well, they've also developed it to where you can have multiple ones orbiting a city, getting all angles at once. And the way they describe it is, is it's not like when you're watching like a cops video from like a, you know, the, they have the helicopter or the IR video, you know how it's kind of orbiting, you know, and like the building is slowly moving. You're like, we think he's behind the tool. That's old school. The new ones, because they have all angles, they can stitch it together just using AI and supercomputers to where they describe it as it's like Google earth to where it's just top down and they have it. And what's, what stays still, stays still. Houses, streets, which you see, they say it looks like zooming in a Petri dish. They, you see little people moving around. Now, what you can do, right, sounds great. Just like you working for some microsystems, right? It's, well, it's going to be good. Well, what you can do is you can surveil a whole city. Maybe nothing happens. Then one day the, a suicide bomb goes off. 
you can't find where the guys are going, what happened, you know, where are his accomplices. What you can do is just go get the video. It's terabytes like per hour. You just find the video. Well, there's where the bomb went off. Rewind. Well, the truck left this warehouse. Rewind. Six hours before that, some guys showed up. Rewind, and they all came from these separate houses. Rewind a week. We see mail being delivered there. Can we find out who lives there? And now you have everyone involved. And they started using it over Baltimore in 2015. And it's being brought home to where it's persistent surveillance of everything. It's not, it's not you know, a, a, a helicopter view here. It's nonstop. Well, why do we need it right now? Okay, well, in two years, I do, you find out whatever. I was stashing top secret blueprints in my apartment and I'm selling them to China. Well, you rewind it two years, three years. How long have you been recording it? Well, who lived there? Oh, that car. We can see the license plate. All right, there it is. And oh, it's Tommy Kerrigan. How did they find me? Well, they've been watching you, and so they can rewind it. And to me, a huge thing is is when the FBI just released that footage of Kyle Rittenhouse, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, that the real scariness here is not the is not the footage; it's the fact that they had a drone overhead." No, this is the footage they showed you of that drone. People are like, "Why do they have a drone over the riots? They have drones over everywhere. There just happened to be a riot there." If there wasn't a riot there, that footage of Kenosha on that day would still exist. There would just be no reason to declassify it because nothing happened until a year and a half later, there's a trial and they need to release it. That's what's going on. To me, that's that's the end game. I don't know. Yeah, this, now, but... No, this is uh, this is what I was talking about with the Nadra surveillance system with the awans and all this stuff was was tried first overseas in battle situations and they had this global information grid uh total information awareness before that TIA mm -hmm. and yeah and the whole idea was that they'd have Mike Flynn was big on these balloons that would just you know hover be persistently hovering but they figured it out how to do it with these green zone phones and these little uh handheld drones that you could stitch uh things together and everything. I mean, the, the highest canopy of geosat, uh, geostationary satellites, the nanosats, little, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mini fridge size, all the way down to CubeSats, mm -hmm. micros, microsats that only last 10 days, to drones, to everything. It, you, even these little propeller, like, look like almost model airplanes that can be launched by one guy. Yeah. But it's all, like you say, it's all into a global information grid. It, it was called that, at least back then. Uh, 2008, ish <clears throat> time frame, and this it was only a matter of time before this came to America, and you had to pick a hotspot city like a Baltimore. I, mean, I think I remember my talking to relatives about it, and they said electronic fence. It was the first thing they said to me. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> you know the whole escape from New York idea. Yeah, th this has happened now in Los uh, in uh, Australia. With uh, we have a correspondent down there. With these LGAs, the local grid area that you're not allowed to leave, uh, and you have to sneak back in and out of this like it was sneaking back in and out of a prison. Um, so it's being tested right now, and uh, you know the we also have a global information grid that is, you know, sort of like uh, the jungle beat. You know, we I talk to Tommy Kerrigan. Tommy Kerrigan talks to somebody else. 
and and we learn that this stuff is happening. So that's the other reason I think we might be going into that valley, that happy valley that you talk about, yeah. is people do do see it coming. They see Australia, they see Europe uh, with, hey, wait a minute. I thought you said the vaccines were bad. Why are you bringing in a million people that are not vaccinated? Um, you know, you have two guys pulling at a at a wire, at a at a barbed wire, or maybe it's ten guys, and one guy has got a gun on one side, and the other guy's got a wire clipper, and that's supposed to be the invasion. <laughs> you know, it just is like you immediately think you've seen this happen so many times. You immediately think. Uh, why didn't they get more guys? Why didn't they get more guys with wire clippers? Why didn't they get more guys with guns? Did they only have one gun to shoot this? Yeah. <laughs> you never, you don't even think that it's real news. Yeah. You think that, well, I wonder how they did that. You know, and, and CNN, like you said, is just so Smith Montified, you know, Smith oh, yeah. Montified, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, the yeah. law that allows you to say anything, that anything is in the national interest, anything is in for national security, anything. Yeah. You say anything you want. Yeah. It's, it's that's if for everybody listening, Smith Mund, uh, M U N D T. It's a uh, right. It's basically the repealing, I think, in like 2012 or 2013 of the right after after World War One and after World War Two. There were these bills that would go out and say, all right, we can no longer use propaganda. This was wartime propaganda. And I think in the early 2010s, that was the Smith Mund Act as they repealed that. And they said propaganda is fair game. Just for everybody listening. Um, but yeah, we you, you see that. Right. And it is setting up this sort of this global system of just, and so I've kind of, I, uh, so I've thought like, well, what would be the next step? Right. Cause you could have these circle circling drones, right. They stitch it all together. So there's no blind spots. Well, until the drones run out of power, well, you could just offset them, right. It'd be like every, you know, they each have two hour offsets. So new ones come in and fill in the spots. Right. And then if that didn't work, you could use geosets. Well, eventually, right. They're going to go right. SR 71 all the way up to like satellites, like the coronas right they would eject the the payload come back to earth all the way back to we just beam it back down i mean we've seen this technological progression before eventually you're not going to need gorgon stare in the sky it's going to be gorgon stare in space non-stop forever and so what's the limiting and this is i, I just kind of had a, a conspiracy moment while you were talking it just dawned on me this is all right you know buckle up put on the tinfoil you would need what you would need supercomputers to process all of that right if you wanted video across the entire planet right not just hotspots, everything because that's what these power hungry psychopaths want they want everything you would need to put so much money into supercomputers to be able to stitch it all together and to find to a point where by the time you had it all put together the next generation of cameras and videos are going to be out that it's now going to be inadequate to process all that power. What you would need to do is basically pause time theoretically, right? Or, you know, metaphorically, you, you would need to pause time and just advance your own supercomputers like five years ahead from the rest of the world to sort of give you that leg up on all that processing power. So how would you do that? you would have to manufacture like a chip shortage. So the rest of the world slows down, but you don't, which got me thinking of <laughs> COVID. And it's a little bit out there for a conspiracy theory, but that just kind of dawned on me now. I was like, you would have to slow the rest of the world down so you can, it's not enough that I'm 
running faster than you. I want someone to come up and break your ankles. Well, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> that's I, out I, there. I thought, out there. In, I thought you were going in a different direction. What do you because, think? Well, I thought you were going to say, well, and that's why they sold everybody Xboxes so that they could use the GPUs when you're not, you know, playing Xbox. Um, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but you could you could do that with any computer, though, right? It's, I mean, there's been there's been like online. I remember when I was in high school, there were programs that you could just when you were away at school, you could leave your PC on, and it was supposedly for you know protein folding like they could use your processing power yes uh folding at home i was involved in that uh, uh, sun Microsystems started that and uh andy becklesheim again guy who gave the first hundred thousand dollars to uh to uh to the guys at google sergey brand and larry page he they that was their project at stanford when they wanted to do the protein folding little did we know we were doing the receptor binding domain of coronavirus and other things like that you Wait. know for some was that really happening? Was it for coronavirus? Well, we, I mean, again, I'm out there recruiting universities to say, take all your Sun Microsystems and have their uh, processing power dedicated uh, to when, when the students aren't using them, to this uh, thing about figuring out why there are prions. There was mad uh-huh. cow disease uh-huh. back then and so forth. And that's because of misfolding. That's, you know, you fold a paper airplane and it comes out looking like a, you know, a wad of paper, you yeah. misfolded it, right? Yeah. So, the, so the computer actually could figure out what order that the protein uh, should fold, much like you would fold a paper airplane. And that was supposed to be the way that we'd figure out these diseases that were caused by bad protein, sickle cell anemia. Uh, a lot of diseases came about because there was only one nucleotide uh, deletion. Uh, Parkinson's, uh, I think, was like that. Um uh, Huntington's disease uh-huh. was one single. So, so, so again, we're all in this to try to figure out how to, to stop disease. But little do we know, there's people like Wuji Aptek, um, who is working with uh, you know various uh, manufacturers and pharmaceutical companies to uh, create vaccines and also create artificial particles that could be considered bioweapons or bioagents at least. And, uh, you know, there's big, big, big computers doing this now and also the graphical graphical processing units, the GPUs in your Xbox actually is much better than the Sun workstation. So they came in and replaced all that. Um, so uh, this is kind of like designing the uh, business end of the spike protein, which is the what's called the a receptor binding domain, the RBD. And it's tremendously uh, compute intensive, but it's the key to making a good vaccine and a good therapeutic. And also a bioweapon that can't be uh, beaten or a universal vaccine. And this, this is what I see happening is it's all uh, going out and taking things that are naturally effective like HCQ or, or ivermectin, and then trying to uh, synthesize them and make them a synthetic version that they can patent. And the, the, I don't mind coming up with a synthetic version that doesn't have to be uh, cooled to such low temperatures in Africa. It can be at room temperature. And sure. That can help vaccinate the world. Well, that's great. What I hate, though, is saying that these things have got Nobel Prizes and have been in use for 80 years or 40 years or 20 years. And millions of people got healthier to say that that's witch doctor, yeah. you know, uh, medicine. And, and that's what 
I think where people bristle, they go into their unhappy valley there. Yeah. I, I'm going to just call it unhappy I, valley. I like I that. Remember. I like uncanny. <laughs> but I like unhappy because that's what it, un, un, it, what it is, is it's just uncanny valley. It's just what it is, is it's just eerie. You just look at it and you're like, ah, no, I don't like that. You know, it's like when you see like an AI recreation of someone who's clearly dead, like Tupac, and you're like, hey, go fuck your mother. Stop that. I don't like that. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I saw I saw Michael Jackson supposedly uh, dancing in a video that was created after his death. Well, that might and be that a little, really that might be a little easier if it's at a distance. Yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, well, all right, as long as it's like somehow tasteful and whatnot. But I don't like the idea of uh, because I owned his record collection during his life. Now I can do whatever I want with his likeness after he's dead. You know, that just doesn't seem right. But yeah. I guess they have the rights to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, Uncanny is more for like facial expression. Uncanny Valley would be like if they had Walter Cronkite reading the news still. You'd be like, what is it? You know how can, Walter, I do my, can I do my Walter Cronkite impression? You can do whatever the fuck you want, man. We don't, <laughs> we don't even have to talk about anything serious. Right? Pretend this is an old 1960s phone and not this. All right. Ready? And, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been given word that. The president of the United States, take glasses off. I don't have glasses. Look at the clock. At 12.30 p.m., there you go, there you go. At 12.30 p.m., was shot by a man who has been a CIA operative in China since 1957 <laughs> and was involved in a U-2 factory in the late 50s and early 60s, who Gary Powers thinks killed him and then returned to the United States to be shepherded through FBI locations in Dallas uh, a month before the death of the president. You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's and, the way it is. <laughs> and, and, and the head of CIA counterintelligence, James G. Sangleton, I'm just now receiving, has had a file on him for the last four years. Yeah. I mean, if that first impression when everybody's hanging on the edge of their seat, if they would have said, uh, it appears that a known CIA operative since 1957 appears to be the trigger man. You know, uh, even if he would have said that. Uh, but it, it's amazing that same day I was told that they came out. Uh, this is the whole idea of getting something out there, and it's hard to ever make that it first go impression. Back, yeah, go back it in into the, the public consciousness. Yeah, and it's not a conspiracy. The, we believe that the man who shot John F. Kennedy was J, uh, one Lee Harvey Oswald, and it is not a conspiracy. How the hell would you know that? <laughs> how the hell would you know it's not a conspiracy if the guy's a CIA agent? You know, they, it's like, how the they, hell would you know that? They, 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 play their, they show their hand a little too quickly, right? The same day. It's yeah. not a conspiracy. Right? It's The cookies are what? missing. The cookies, uh, who took the cookie? I don't know, but it wasn't me, Mom. Well, me and my three brothers and, and no one else is saying anything. And I'm like, it wasn't me. I'll tell you that right now. It's like, Tom, did you eat the cookie? I remember I was in fifth grade and we had moved from New Hampshire to uh, Georgia uh, rather quickly for my dad's job. And so for the first month we were in like an apartment and they found a home. And so we were moving into the home like a month after we had actually moved to Georgia. And the day we moved into the home from the apartment, was September 11th, 2001. And I was I was 11, and so we obviously sent home from school early. 
and I and at the time I also and my entire life have just always loved skyscrapers. So like a true mini psychopath, I I was very upset that the World Trade Centers were gone. Like I knew the terrorist attack was bad and everything, and huge loss of human life. But I loved those skyscrapers. So I was like, all right, yeah. poorly designed buildings. I lo- I loved it because there was no that okay. were cold in the winter and hot in the summer. <laughs> all right, hey, fuck you. I'll, let me make this clear right now. I loved them because there was none of that bullshit setback design. There were these zoning laws put into New York in the 30s and 40s about there's this whole equation. You opened up a box of worms. There's this whole equation to where for every foot up, you had to go back a certain amount, which is why we have these staggered, right, kind of Empire State Building type buildings. I hated that because I'm like, if you're going to build a skyscraper, you want to be able to see it all in just one vertical slope. So I love the World Trade Centers that it was just from the ground floor to the fucking ceiling was just a straight line. I always loved it. I love the idea that you could look out and it was straight down as opposed to like if you're on top of the Empire State Building, you look down and then it's like you can't really see all right under you is like another. You can't see the roof of a lower floor. I hated that. That's why I love the World Trade Centers. And I will go to war with you. But <laughs> oh, uh, it's not me that you're going to war with. You're going to war with John D. Rockefeller because when he built 30 Rock, I think he knew somehow in the future that he would come up with a bioagent that you needed vitamin D to survive. And so he said, damn it, I'm, I'm doing setbacks at 30 Rock. I'm going to get some sun and sun and sun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get sun. Well, that's what so. you have all those weird things too, like the city group building, you know how it's got, it, you know what I'm talking about? It's got like that weird one big column and the, you can do these weird sort of equations with, right? It's like, George, give me a dollar. You can give me a dollar. You can give me four quarters, but you can also get, get kind of weird. You know, like here's 11 nickels, 10 pennies and you can get, that's what the Citigroup building is, is it technically follows all the rules of like setbacks and stuff. I loved the World Trade Center because it was just vertical. I just thought it was so cool. Point being, I remember so listening and I was like, they really like they took down the World Trade. And I remember watching the videos and, you know, on the news and it was just, you know, just holy shit. There's the plane hitting and the guys were moving in. And I vaguely remember just kind of like cardboard boxes and listening on like the radio and I remember even at 11 years old, I thought someone was a little fishy when it was like the sun wasn't even quite setting yet. It was like little shadows were getting longer. I vaguely remember like looking at the like the kitchen window and I remember hearing like, and the Central Intelligence Agency has confirmed that it was Osama bin Laden was hiding in a cave in Afghanistan. And I remember thinking, I was like, ah, hold on. How do you already know that? And I also, maybe I was just a bright kid, but I also remember thinking, if you're you're either bullshitting or you're super competent, but if you're super competent, none of this would have happened. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you've hit on the guy who I, you know, I'm not a 9-11 guy. I mean, I, there's people. Neither who, am I, but I'm wearing this shirt because I just think it's funny. CIA, instead of run DMC, it's CIA 9-11. It'd be a great band. Yeah. So, but but I I I stayed away from it for years, and I was in New York the uh, the following year on the anniversary. That was my first day in New York, so I went down there, and all the kids and everything, and they're they're talking about their dads and moms and stuff. So it was very, you know, I lived in New York sure. during the during the, the the time and met people that had people who had died and so forth. So it, it was very personal. But the, the thing I remember, uh, well, of course, then there's the whole Building 11, or excuse me, Building 7, seven thing, which I, I remember that day where there was a little, like, wastebasket fire. Like, somebody had, like, a really mad employee had taken the boss's desk 
and all the papers and had dumped it all into like maybe a bigger than a small waste bag basket, but like maybe a, um, like a kitchen, uh, like a kitchen yeah. garbage can. Yeah. Kitchen garbage can about that size, maybe a little bigger, but had started this fire and you could see a little tiny on one floor. You could see yeah. a little tiny like waste basket fire. And then I remember Silverstein saying, well, we're going to have to pull it. Yeah. Pull it, pull it. And you know, we're just going to have to pull it. And Something tells me that third drone was supposed to, and, and Shanksville was supposed to hit that, uh, but somebody overpowered, or there was a pilot on board, or something happened. But uh, it, it it obviously didn't hit that third building, and maybe that was supposed to go to the Capitol. I don't know. They say everybody wants to be the victim, but wherever that third plane was supposed to go, it seemed like something didn't go right, and they were going to pull the building anyway. Yeah. But I do re- remember we got on a 9-11 thing. No, I don't know. I don't give a shit. This is awesome. Keep going. I, I, was, I was in, uh, I, I actually, my office was in the uh, Woolworth building, which is kind oh, of okay. the next building over. And they, the SEC um, Investigations Division um, was in our building, and they had moved from Building 7. And I talked to a lot of these guys, and we had coffee at the same places and stuff, and they were doing the Enron investigation. And I remember hearing that for the first time. And Peter Strzok's wife, later on, we learned Melissa Hodgman works for the SEC Enforcement Division. She runs it, you know. So uh, that was weird. But I didn't know that at the time. And I just thought, you know, I remember Enron. They were my customer. They were all all criminals. (laughs) Isn't that great that all those criminals got off? Whatever happened to that Enron investigation? All those files are just (laughs) fucking gone. Yeah, and I thought, oh, I remember now those millions and millions and millions and millions of pieces of paper that all went in the air. They actually, you know, for the other buildings, well, they actually all got burned in that one little wastebasket fire in seven. So, so then they said, well, I'm just going to pull it. What? And then all these uh, Rudy, uh, I Rudy um, Giuliani had a uh, um, was one of our customers, and just they had a kind of like a. 9-11 response center that they put in the basement of World Trade Center. No, it was, it was, it was, it was actually oh, oh, sorry, in Times Square. Sorry. I was One year later. That. Yeah. But this was going to be how command centers yeah, were yeah, going to yeah, go. Yeah, and yeah. we did that. We did the network connectivity to it. We didn't do the network. We tested the network, made sure the network worked. And uh, this is, this is the command center. And I asked these guys, so I said, Oh wow. You know, you got a really cool command center. He goes, yeah, we used to be in building seven. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. He goes, yeah, we're going to have seven floors in building seven. I said, what? Well, that's- yeah, our, our whole anti-terrorism group was in there. They're like, wait a minute. You that- guys oh, are the ones who pulled building seven. Oh, Secret <laughs> Service had had offices there. Everyone yeah. did. It was if, if if that was the command center. If if things went to shit, that was the command center. And you, you pull that one. It's one thing if it's like a Home Depot. And it's like, this well, is supposed to be where the response comes. That's from. like the last place you pull. You wait until it collapses, and then you still keep working. You're like, this is the command. There, that's like, I mean, th- that's literally like a fire truck heading to Ground Zero on 9/11, and someone like, you know, like a kid bumps a tricycle into the fender, and they're like, we gotta buff the chrome out, pull it. And it's like, what? The skyline's on fire. We gotta buff it. We gotta buff it out now. Everyone, on, fuck it. We're taking it to the scrapyard. This thing's finished. <laughs> it's. It seems. It it does, and it's. Listen, I like. I try not to go down nine eleven rabbit holes as almost sort of like my own exercise in restraint. I'm like, let's. 
I, I, I really do enjoy playing the devil's advocate. I like to try to find, right? It's like, what is it? Like the loyal dissenter and like any group mm-hmm. of 10 people, like intelligence officials and any group of 10 people, one person always has to take the other side just to avoid groupthink, right? Because mm-hmm. we get things like mm-hmm. Go Fever, with, uh, 1986, NASA Challenger. Uh, we're good to go. We're good to go. And some guy was like, dude, I don't think we are good to go. And they're like, fuck you. And, you know, Challenger. But it's the idea of the loyal dissenter where no matter what, you always take the opposite side. So I like doing that just as like an as like a thought exercise. So I like to try to always, I'm like, what would 9-11 actually be? Like, what, what would... But man, there are just so many things that you start to look at and who knows, maybe it's like what Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough say and what they've said on this podcast. Every part of your mind scrambles to try to justify why would why would they be banning ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, right? And the easiest one is, well, they want money, right? You can't have those, got to have the EUAs. Makes sense. But it gets, part of you almost doesn't want to look directly at the sun and you're like, is this some sort of genocide? Is this... That's kind of how 9-11 is for me. It's like you look at it and there are a lot of clues, but there's almost a subconscious part of your mind that doesn't want to come to terms with the implications of was it an inside job? And if that's the case, the U.S. government did that to its own people. What else are they willing to do? There's part of your mind that's like, let's not let's not go there. Let's not start thinking. Just fuck it. Let's go to Taco Bell. Like you almost don't want to think about it. But I mean... Really, they were running an operation that morning called Vigil and Guardian where f- four planes get hijacked? <laughs> that morning? Yeah, it's just great to see the CIA, you know, so on top of things. <laughs> I mean, that morning? I mean, I mean, all right. I mean, I guess like a year before Project For At least Human. Kyle, what's his face, wasn't there. You know, I don't Written, think he was born yet. Yeah, that makes me. Yeah, that makes me feel good that he wasn't. What there if they too, bring so. that out at the prosecution? They zoom in and they're like, enhance, enhance, and you look closely, <laughs> you see Rittenhouse on top of the Woolworth building firing directly at the South Tower. That's what happened, Your Honor. I mean, there was a conspiracy though that uh and I know I got you for like ten more minutes and we'll wrap it up. But um there was a conspiracy that a missile was launched from the Woolworth building. It's based in nothing. That was one of my favorite, uh more out there ideas that the missile was shot from the, which doesn't really make any sense. And it's kind of retarded, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. The project for the new American century is the one that kind of gets me right a year before absent a new nine 11. We won't be able to, yeah. <laughs> or sorry, absent yeah. a new Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Kofor black. I mean, the, the one continuing thread here, just to go fast forward 20 years is Kofor black ends up uh, at the CIA, who was kind of an understudy of Ted uh, Shackleton of the Bay of Pigs. I just did the whole Bay of Pigs thing down in uh, uh, yeah, Florida. Yeah, I was watching too. your video. Yeah, Jam Wave. Yeah, Jam Wave and all that. And and these guys learned from guys who knew how to do false flags. That's what they did. That's all they did, yeah. right? Operation Northwoods, yeah. we're going to make it seem like the Cubans would attack America, and everyone will believe it. And then we'll hit them with everything we got. <laughs> it's like... Hey, wait a minute. Uh, I think Castro knows he only has seven planes, you know, and none of them can fly more than 100 miles. You know, so that, that yeah, but they, they came up with this stuff and the exploding cigars. It was 50 different uh, yeah, assassinations, yeah. all this stuff. I mean, nothing's off the table with these guys. But Cobra Black, the big understudy, uh, ends up getting his counterterrorism center built out in, um, near Langley out there. 
in Virginia, and and they get all this terrorism money, just just oodles. And they also start the war on bioterrorism. So they do this string of BSL four and BSL three labs all over the world. As communism falls, they they keep the old scientists and then have them start working on uh, bio agents and bio uh, uh, battlefield uh, vaccines mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. But the but no one seems to think that all that history and all the questions around that with Kofor Black is important. And everyone immediately goes through like a brain flush when they realize that's that's the boss of Hunter Biden at Burisma. They, all of a sudden, they're just like, uh, well, that can't be. He just has to be a normal businessman. I don't care what happened in the last 20 years since I left. And then the war on terror and all the development of biosurveillance and, and bioagent spraying to try to find, you know, terrorists running footprints in the snow kind of thing. That's all out the window. You know, it was just a straight ahead. Just you know, a side gig. Pipeline deal. Yeah, it's just all it is, you know, and and the fact that, you know, Hunter Biden got made into a captain or whatever he was in the uh, Navy uh, at over the age of 40, like 43 or something like that, uh, and carried around this encrypted BlackBerry in in Norfolk. I mean, everybody does that in their normal legal career. You know, that's just a normal stopping point along and everybody's legal. And I don't want to hear any wild conspiracies to the contrary. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, doesn't this even beg the question to ask a few questions? Like how the hell did, did we not, you know, like do a big, and, and the thing is uh, with various YouTube channels and stuff is they won't ever ask questions. And so they, because it's speculating, right? Because you're forming a working theory when oh. you're asking questions. Oh, I right? speculated wildly. And that's why I was permanently <laughs> banned. Sorry, go on. <laughs> well, I think you should be, or you're allowed to ask questions, you know, after you see, you know, a field, a killing field of thousands of people that look like they just drank, you know, Agent Orange. You're allowed to say, you know, I'm thinking that it, well, either Jim Jones was here and he had some new tang, you know, that everyone loved. Or there was some spraying, you know, that happened here. Um, anybody see a plane or drone recently? You know, th- those kind of questions. I'm not talking about going in and saying, uh, uh, you know, the impossible uh, whopper and maybe tainted. I'm talking about going to killing fields and saying, hey, there's thousands of people dead. And, hey, it looks like there's a spraying program. So, you know, we're following in our investigations, we're following this blood trail. All of our investigations are this company called DynCorp. And they're mm-hmm. spraying all over Central and South, South America, and they pick up right where GM Wave left off, you know, in all these countries. And we're following that back to these uh, NATO players. It seemed like we kind of pushed it out on the NATO guys and let them do it. And and all the conflicts in Europe and Africa and Asia. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's not conspiracy theory. These are the guys who did all this during all these wars. Arab Spring, number one example. So now I'm rambling a little bit, but no, I'm just saying that. Going. No, dude, that, keep going. Yeah, I'm just saying that you 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 take things like 9-11 and you don't dwell on them as a rabbit hole. You say, okay, well, name one, name one guy who was intimately involved and got all the money from 9-11 connected with Hunter Biden. I dare you. I say Kofor Blank. And everybody goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well that he, you know, he turned clean. 
<laughs> at the end. He had a religious experience. And so we can't ever say anything about Hunter Biden becoming a Navy captain at 43 by congressional approval to carry around encrypted blackberries. Dad, you can't do that. So they cover, so uh, so my brethren in YouTube cover whatever the latest made up thing is about Hunter's laptop. They don't want to, remember, do you remember a guy named Tony Bobulinski at the second uh, debates in 2020 with, with Trump? Recognize the last name. Yeah, he got up and said, this is Jim Biden's Blackberry, and here's Joe Biden's Blackberry, and here's Hunter Biden's Blackberry, and they were involved in this company called Sinohawk, and they got this pipeline, the Belt Road pipeline for this guy named Yi, and he got a $25 million diamond, and you know, he got, you know, Hunter was asking him for 20, a $10 million wire transfer. And he got four $500,000 payments from this Czechoslovakian guy. Right. So that happened. That wasn't a secret, right? That happened at the debates. And he held up the Blackberries, showing that the Blackberries is how they held the criminal network together. Sort of like, a, you know, drug gang, right? Where did that story go? If the Blackberries are the key, right? No, it's Steve Bannon who found his laptop at a repair shop, a blind repairman. A blind repairman now went into Hunter Biden's laptop that Steve Bannon managed, seemed to manage the whole process, right? Doesn't it seem like Steve Bannon's being brought in like a rodeo clown? Yeah. Right? What the, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I didn't know Bannon was involved with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bannon's the first guy had access to it, you know, interviewed the guy. I'm just saying that they start, here's how Bannon does a, a parallel construction. Well, you had Bob Yulinski. Yeah, we had him up there standing in front of everybody at the, at the presidential debates. That's that's uh, pretty much, you know, uh, caught him red-handed there. <laughs> There's not going to be avoiding any of this. No, 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 no. We'll get Bannon in here. Bannon will think of something. Uh, so here's Bannon. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Uh, it can't be a, a BlackBerry. Everybody knows the web's out there with the Blackberries and everything and has figured the whole thing out. We got to go over some like close to that, like his his, uh, his laptop. Yeah, laptop. That's it. We'll go with the laptop. Well, uh, how are we going to say it fell into the hands of the FBI? Because, you know, the FBI never seizes anything illegally, does any illegal surveillance without, you know, a proper FISA warrant. We learned that in this Russia investigation. <laughs> so we have to so somehow have to fall into the hands of the FBI. Uh, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you, okay, and the laptop could fall into the hands. It could fall if he had it repaired. You know, sometimes you can't figure your computer out. You take it to the repair shop. Wow, what a great idea. Yeah, took it to the repair shop. Yeah, yeah. And then he was in there and then he saw he saw that it had uh, the Biden's, uh, you know, presidential seal and everything on it. And every and, and that's how he knew how to return it to the to the White House. Yeah, that's it. But wait a minute. How would he know that there's negative information on it? Why would that be a news story? Uh, well, he wait a minute. He, he logged in. He logged in to find all the information about all these emails to uh, between the. Uh, the guy with the diamond, the Yi, and he, and the guy with the five hundred thousand dollars payments to build the house on Key Wade Island. That's it. That's it. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's going to be able to see a lot more. Let's have him have failing eyesight. We'll we'll have him have just enough eyesight that he could fix the laptop, but not enough eyesight to actually read all the emails. His eyes get like really tired. That's a great idea. 
So, and it continues. The story is still continuing with this band and laptop. Sorry, I just had no, to... no. That was no. I, this is fucking fantastic. No, this sounds like an SNL B squad. Like, <laughs> like, and Bannon comes in. He's got the face paint. And he's juggling like you know bowling pins, and he's like, I got. He you know throws like a balloon, and he's like, that's what it sounds like, though, right? This doesn't this sound like some biblical shit. The blind repair man who, but he can see truth. Like that's the, it, it's, it almost seems like it's just hanging out right in front of our faces. Almost just like, I mean, it almost seems like a demoralization tactic or is it just really that, are they just that inept? Well, it's not the people on the left. Everyone said it was a Russian conspiracy theory on the left. So you just, any laptop would just be a Russian plant, right? Naturally. So 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 the people on the right are the ones that get so dependent on these breadcrumbs. And that when they get a little breadcrumb like the banning laptop and a few emails, they think all of a sudden, well, that has to mean the emails came from the laptop. They couldn't have come from a BlackBerry because you can't send email on BlackBerry. Naturally. Oh wait a minute, you actually can. If you actually look at the, no, the bottom can't. of the message. No, stop it. No, you can't. <laughs> it says sent from my BlackBerry. <laughs> Sent from so why does it? Why do you? Why are you so? When it says "sent from my BlackBerry" with James Biden and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on the bottom of the messages, why are you so fixated on Bannon's wagging laptop story? But people are. You just can't get them off of it. It's just so funny. I fight it every day, Tommy. It's just, no, it's I fun no, battle. I know. I fucking love it. I've I and full disclosure, you, you requested that we only go an hour, so we've got an hour. I can keep going. I love talking to you. I did have a couple sure, of questions. Sure, I'll keep going. I'm all right, all right, fun. good, good. Um, it's, it's, I'm having fun. Yeah, so how does this get tied in to the big enchilada of coronavirus, right? So it's like, sure, we can break down 9-11, but it's also been 20 years, and there's a certain amount of clarity. There's a certain amount of, what the fuck? There's a certain amount of solidification. Sorry, I just got to pop up. There's a certain amount of solidification, right? We look back at Kennedy, right? We're going on. What, what 58 years there's a certain amount of solidification that you can kind of you look at it more you can look at timothy mcveigh he blew up the oklahoma city and then wasn't there a lot of atf files there just kind of like yeah and then you know the- somebody went into the fbi lab and destroyed all the tag ants that it, would give you a chemical tracer to the explosion just little mistakes it was, little. It was banned <laughs> again it's it's like well, a guy named Chertoff was. No, I was in, gonna say it's like there. it's like funner history. My subreddit, like the Photoshop, you just Photoshop back any conspiracy far enough, and you look closely, and you see Bannon, and he's on a unicycle. He's the rodeo clown. He's just you know Caesar being stabbed, and you see oh is that in the back? You see Bannon, you know Christ being on the cross, and you, you see Bannon in the Roman. You just like it's Bannon all the way down. But so, but I say all that to say, I mean, granted, it comes back to everything's Bannon, right? But things solidify. Right now, we're kind of in this unique spot in that we are, until the next one in another 20 years, knock on wood, we are in the middle of, like, the big one, right? 9-11 was the last big thing. You could say before that, I don't know, it'd be, I followed the Soviet Union probably 20, 10 years before that. Last big one before that, you'd say maybe 20 years, right? JFK assassination before that, Pearl Harbor. We're in the middle of a quote-unquote big one. And you're researching it and pulling on all the strings. Where are we now? Where are things coalescing to? Well, you know, I do kind of the old fashioned thing where you kind of follow the money when you're 
don't have any leads. When people are saying it's it's the bat to the pangolin, to the mouse, to to the human, and somehow they all got together at a zoonotic convention and all decided to you know do red split together and they, changed. They hadn't. They had hyperdermic. They had an orgy at the house of the blind repairman. <laughs> it's all happening yeah. here. And and for a year and a half, Tommy. You know, we, we came out with a big story in, in March t- uh, 2020, and then CNN crapped all over us, and then 60 Minutes crapped all over us at Neighborhood News. And and uh, so we then just kind of hanging in there until this zoonotic thing kind of went away. And now everyone realizes that this thing that came from a bat doesn't infect a bat, which never happens. It's always downhill. If it's the binding affinity of this receptor binding domain that we're all talking about is 98% with the bat. It means that when it moves zoonotically, always it goes downhill to 93 mm-hmm. or 94. All right. And then this thing, unfortunately, that infects humans won't infect the bat. So it blew up the whole bat story. So the whole counter narrative, the whole other parallel universe that they had built around this, again, the Lancet letter goes out to try to say at Lee Harvey Oswald was acted alone there was no conspiracy you know <laughs> so we so fighting to overthrow those things is huge the, the, yeah the, the crock guy glasses yeah <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i just got news look at the clock that a that a bat fucked a pangolin in wuhan china and that's the way sorry sorry keep going. that's the way it is <laughs> i, I, I love it, it. That, that first three minutes is the key right and uh yeah so we so we had to get over that and now everybody says the lab leak, okay? And the WHO sends two different delegations and they say anything, everything's on the table now, okay? Everything's on the table, lab leak is in there. So I start literally with the lab leak, who trained the people who work at the lab. Doesn't that seem like investigative journalist 101? Logical we start. I mean, maybe they could be somebody in the United States. Maybe we could go interview them. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> right? And then we do a show. <laughs> there was an old thing, Mickey Rooney, everything they would talk about at the clubhouse, and then they'd go, and then we can do a show. Because <laughs> Judy Garland can sing, I can play the drums. So Mickey Rooney. So anyway, uh, and then we could do a show. Well, it turns out, Tommy, that that's exactly what happened. Um we didn't, we didn't, we did a lot of shows, but uh, the University of Texas, George Bush started this thing with all these labs all around the world in 2005 for biodefense, right? As a direct result of 9-11 and tabletop exercise called Dark Winter in 2002 mm-hmm. with James Wilson. So this is great. We're on to it right here. The Texas Medical Center is the only b- private BSL-4 lab. They are in on it. And then this University of Texas medical branch, which George Bush founded in Houston wow, we're going to be able to go talk to all these people. This is great. So they're the, they're the team, Sanofi Aventis, the French company, with some German mixed in, goes over and builds the lab, okay, in Wuhan, as a response to leaky lab procedures at other labs. Okay, so this is the fix, right? You're going to build this thing in 2017 because we have all the labs at these other leaky labs. That's why the NATO is willing to pay for it, okay? All right, well, who are we going to send in to train these people to make sure that this is the new kind of lab that doesn't leak? It's the UTMB, UTMB. Now, most people, right at this point, 
Never heard of UTMB. I haven't. Okay. Most people don't believe me when I say that, that they did the training. An American, an Americans, American University went to Mulan, teach the Mulan people how to, it's crazy. No, it isn't. That's exactly who went. So what would be wrong with asking them what the hell happened with the lab leak? Okay. Now, it didn't come into knowledge until about a month ago, Sherry Markson, an Australian journalist with Sky News in Australia, uh, had three different intelligence agencies, mainly through the Australian ASIO intelligence, giving her leads, this guy named Shearer. But she was also talking to this guy named, um, uh, this U.S. State Department guy, uh, I'm trying to remember David's last name here in, in a minute, but also this guy named Matt Pottinger, this Kissinger kid named Matt Pottinger, and also Richard Dearlove, the head of the intelligence for the English, right? So these three different people are feeding him information. David Asher, David Asher from the State Department, mm -hmm. who went into the Trump White House uh, State Department and tried to figure out the origins of coronavirus. This is the best information, okay, that you can get. Mm -hmm. three, different, three different intelligence agencies, not George Webb, three different intelligence agencies, giving it to a journalist, she's putting it out, that she says there was an event that occurred. Well, first of all, in 2018, before they even get the place totally up and running, WIV, they're having problems. And there's State Department cables going back and forth about how they're not following the procedures. So much so that there's three missions, three State Department missions to go help them fix these problems, these leaks. Okay, even to the point where they're predicting that there's going to be a problem. You remember Hillary Clinton even writes a, a letter. So about, okay, yeah. so it's it's bringing your car. So there's a fucking fruit fly flying around. It's driving me crazy. So it's like it's yeah. like you keep bringing your car back, and they're like, "Hey, you have to do this, or your car's going to fuck up again." And after the fifth time that I bring in my Tesla and something's messed up, they're like, "Hey, you know, I, I got twenty bucks that Tommy brings his Tesla back by the. I don't have a Tesla, but you know, but that's kind of what it's going on, right? So they're going, they just keep fucking it up. We're going to be back." Yeah. Saying. So, okay. so, so you, you let's, let's, this isn't unfortunately like a Tesla because if, if uh, like a test tube gets out, you know, millions of people die, you know, potentially because they can spread on the airplanes and it goes all around the world and huge pandemic Spanish flu. So you really want to contain these things. Sure. Uh, right. It's, it's a nuclear so, reactor Tesla. If, if Tommy fucks this up, like this whole area is going to be radioactive for a hundred thousand. But it's more than it's. It's not just like a plume of one nuclear yeah, weapon. It's go away. It yeah. spreads everywhere, so everybody could die. So, so this is really important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I I'm at the State Department, right? I, I you know I see the cables going back and forth about how terrible this is, right? Uh, when I am on the UTMB team going down there to help fix this thing, I want to make sure that I make some recommendations that are going to safeguard this thing. If there's a problem, if there's a leak through the air conditioning system or whatever, I want to shut that down. I want to get them upgraded. I want to spend any money amount of money possible to get this thing fixed. Well, that's what did happen. Nobody knows this stuff. This comes from three different intelligence agencies. Nobody knows these facts. Not mine. Sherry Markson, three intelligence agencies. First, uh, August 2019, remember, we're having a vape thing happening mm -hmm. 
in the United States at this time, that very corona-like syndrome with no PCR test for the vape deaths that are happening in 30 different states in America, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they were testing on soldiers, but we'll find out later. But they're testing on soldiers. <laughs> but yeah, they're, and sailors, okay, and Coast Guard, and police and fire. But anyway, let's not go there. But let's just say that the UTMB team went there and said, hey, you need to upgrade your um, you need to upgrade your uh, air conditioning system. So they spent like $660 million. They upgraded their filtering system for their effluent, you know, the, the wastewater leaving the thing, and the procedures for how you handle everything, you know, the total overhaul. There's a big paper that we put on our show and we show people. 30 days before the NATO Wuhan Games, NATO Wuhan Games, military games, every four years, just like our Olympics, only it's for military people. They all come there. 100 teams, 10,000 athletes, 300,000 fans, the obvious super spreader event. Our U.S. State Department says it's the big first cluster. Cluster is the analysis, the cluster analysis of where did things Mm -hmm. start. Okay, so 30 days from this is when the big cluster happens. Again, everyone says in the media, November 2019, the U.S. State Department is saying it was at the NATO Wuhan Games. 100 teams, 10,000 athletes, 300,000 people. It's obvious that's the big cluster, okay? So you work your way back, like you were saying, with the global information grid, right? On September the 11th, there's a name, and there's a date that <laughs> rings in infamy, right? They had a drill. It wasn't called, what did you call it? Vigilant Guardian? <laughs> Vigilant, yeah, that was the one they did on, on 9-11-01. They had a drill. 30 days before the opening of the games, they had a drill. Uh, And they shut down the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That's interesting. They had a drill at the airport to show how you would shut down all the passengers and make sure they didn't leave the country. How you would contain the passengers so they wouldn't infect other people in the airport that wouldn't be affected. This is for coronavirus. 30 days before the big super spinner event, they have a containment drill. Bet you didn't know that, okay? On September the 11th. For the first time in history. Sorry, I'm taking you through the whole time. No, no, here, no, dude, I'm, I'm in heaven. Okay. Keep going. Okay, so they, the first uh, time in history, one week before the opening of the games, normally they, for security reasons, they didn't let the athletes come into the games before the start of the games, the opening ceremonies or the night before. This one, they opened it up a week in advance. Okay, that's fine. The Olympic Village opens up a week in advance. But during the one-week prelim, they shut down the Wuhan Institution of Virology for four days, turned off all the lights, sent all the staff home, and completely fumigated the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The day before the opening ceremony. Now, that could be because of two things. One, there was a leak, okay? Two, they, they wanted to make sure, 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 that everything was fumigated and couldn't possibly be leaked to infect all these people coming to Wuhan. Either way, you don't know about it because the media suppressed it from you. And, and, but Sherry Markson in this new book, What Really Happened in Wuhan, is actually finally putting this thing out. Now, now let's wind the clock back. 18 months when George Webb was originally reporting on this. And the story was the Chinese were saying the military athletes brought 
the virus to Wuhan. Okay. Official government source, it's their State Department saying they brought the virus to Wuhan. Okay, I reported that. I went through all of the athletes, all 300 athletes, a little less than 300 athletes. We had a research group of 12 people. We looked and found, is any one of these people, to see if there's any truth to the Chinese claims, does they work for the U.S. State Department or NATO? Well, it turns out none of the Americans actually work for the State Department. But there was a Dutch woman, okay, Dutch soldier, who worked for the State Department. I didn't think you could do that, but you can't. And she also worked for the top guy, super allied, uh, supreme allied uh, commander of NATO, immediately tying back this one person from the State Department to NATO. Well, if the Chinese are right, and the State, uh, the U.S. brought athletes brought it to Wuhan, this was the only person it could possibly be. This is the only person who could possibly be patient zero. Okay, and we had three other people over there where she worked at Fort Belvoir saying that this uh, these people were always vaccinated before they ever went overseas on State Department missions. So they certainly would have the antibodies for the coronavirus. Hence, she's when you put the jab in, you're a patient, hence patient zero. She is patient zero. Well, my God, you know, here comes CNN. Oh my God, to even think that the breakout could have been during the Wuhan games is nutty conspiracy theory. Oh, actually, you might want to talk to the three different intelligence agencies that say that. The fact that the U.S. State Department could possibly be implicated, they knew nothing of this. Well, actually, you might want to check the 2018 cables and the 2019 cables and the three missions to fix the leaks and the UTMB report on fixing the leaks and the September 11th event and the event four days before the Wuhan game started, because I think they probably knew about it, you know, because <laughs> it's in their cables, right? So, oh, wait a minute, then we, sh well, you, 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 you can't single out any one athlete who just also happens to be a State Department employee connected to the top guy at NATO. That's true. But if you immediately connect that person, this is what happened, Tommy. You won't believe this. I'm in heaven. Keep going. I'm fucking hanging you on won't every believe word. This. I'm hanging on every this, word. This is what happened, okay? Literally five minutes. We singled out. We found out that this one woman, Dutch woman, on the U.S. team from NATO and, and State Department. She worked for the Supreme Allied Commander, and then someone else was doing the research and found out that there was another woman by this name, named Benassi. Both of them had this last name of Benassi. They had written the blueprint for NATO and the WHO for coronavirus, Ebola, HIV, and Zika. And all the bids, all the bids from all the people trying to do vaccines through the WHO all came to this one person named Virginia Benassi. Benassi V at WHO.int was the email. I mean, right there, I said, we're going to do the story. All the, there's only one person on the whole U.S. team from NATO, Dutch NATO, and sh and there's another person with the same exact last name getting all the bids. <laughs> I mean, that's like George Webb is going to have a writing contest, and all the all the entries should go, and George is going to compete for the million dollar prize, and all the entries should go to George dot 
web at gmail.com. <laughs> I mean, it just seemed like such an obvious insider thing. And then we did a little research and found that the guy who does the super surveillance for the European Space Agency with all the nanosats and all the microsats and, and minisats and geosats and, and the drones and all that, his name is also Pietro Vanassi, right? And then it turns, I'm not kidding you, Tommy. We were like, oh my God. And then he turns out to be the head of Italian intelligence. <laughs> and then we find out he's the annuncio to the Pope. And the annuncio to the Pope is like the ambassador to the Pope, but like, you know, that's exalted. And he was during the time of the overthrow, you know, the Arab Spring. Oh man, there's an intelligence connection. And then we find out, oh God, when we found this out, it was like the second day. The other guy's named Giuseppe Benassi, who's running the NATO spy school at Oberammergau. And he is bringing in, I'm not kidding, <laughs> thousands of Shen Yu dancers from China. So <laughs> 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 not one European Catholic. <laughs> not one European capital, not two, not three, not four, not five, to 15 European capitals. <laughs> Tommy, I'm not kidding you. They have this. <laughs> they have these clouds. They have these clouds <laughs> and these fans, and they're fanning the smoke into the crowd. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I call them the China fan dancers. You <laughs> You just fan. <laughs> you can't make it up. So we had bananas coming out of our ears, like bananas coming out of our ears, right? We just we were laughing, you know, with the 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 the, the second two NATO intel connections. We were just laughing, and then we find out that the husband of this woman also was in the Europe. He's a liaison to the European Space Agency. He works for the Space Force now, but he was the Space Command at Air Force. And we also have pictures of him putting on PPE at Fort Scott, you know, showing soldiers how to put the PPE on. And we just say, this is one of those things where you, you know, here's the story of family named Brady. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> yeah, Benassi. Everyone was involved, coronavirus. The street became the Benassi bunch. Intel operatives. Benassi <laughs> bunch. Bum, 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 bum. It's not a <laughs> hunch. Bum, 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 bum. You're an all right wing crazy conspiracy theorist. Bum, 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 bum. Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we thought literally, because I had been breadcrumbed before by FBI informants, so I thought somebody's having us on. They put yeah. all this stuff yeah. to let us find it and make ourselves yeah. to be embarrassed. But we triple and quadruple and quindiple checked. And then when CNN did the big uh, uh, expose, supposedly, it, it confirmed it all. That yes, these were real people, and this all these connections really did exist. So we were just like, whew, you know. So I. So anyway, Tommy. Long story. Long, long, long no, story no, short. No, it's I. If you haven't, if you, if you haven't been able to tell, I've been trying to get you to do a long podcast since the first time. So I'm fucking. So I'm happy that you keep going. So keep going. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, this this same thing happened four years before with CNN. Same reporter, Donnie O'Sullivan. 
uh, this FBI guy was, I didn't know he was FBI informant. He's feeding me this information about uranium this time, right? And there's this missing uranium in Ohio. And I'm on the trail to go find this missing uranium at this nuclear reservation called Piketon. Uh, and anyway, he starts feeding me information saying, no, it's, it's South Carolina. And I'm like, no, I'm in Ohio, damn it. No, 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 it's on this ship. And I, I get the information and I say, you know, if it's going to be a ship, and it's going to be in a port. It's going to be, I have a prediction to make, pretty much quoting myself here now. It's going to be this guy named Ibrahim. He's this Pakistani terrorist who blows up ports when the, when the, when the gendarmerie starts, in, in, you know, looking in the, in the bags and stuff, he blows the port up. And now they stop looking in the bags or in the containers, the pouches or whatever. But I knew it was being done under diplomatic immunity, this whole program. So I thought, well, maybe, but if it's going to be Ibrahim and his port is Norfolk. It's going to be the port of Norfolk. So even though I said it was the port of Norfolk, here this Daniel Sullivan says, Charleston, 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 what the FBI guy said. And uh, I'm like, okay, that was four years ago. Kind of ruined me every time I come up on a show or whatever they say, you know, he's the port of Charleston guy. But not too bad. Not like, not too bad. Um, I still keep going with my career and stuff. But then this one, he comes out of left field, like, Somehow this person I was reporting about in this cabal of Badassis all being involved with NATO intel, somehow this meant I didn't, I didn't want any bad things to happen to the NATO guys. I didn't want any bad things to happen to the, the people, the European Space Agency liaisons here in the United States. I only wanted bad things to happen to the, to the Dutch woman, right? I only wanted bad things to happen to the Dutch State Department NATO gal, Okay. Uh, so much so that anonymous comments that were on my YouTube, I somehow am responsible for, even though they were only on there maybe an hour and I didn't, I never even saw them. But in the meantime, I give the reporter, Daniel Sullivan, real U.S. State Department guy named Ken Hale from Norfolk, okay, from that same Navy base where Ibrahim was, a real death threats. Threatening yeah, from to, you or to you, yeah. Jones tell my family, yeah. Wake up my family and Janet Reno flamethrowers, and you know, and I'm sitting there with a witness for all this. This is so I finally decided, okay, I'm I'm never gonna say the Benassi name again. <laughs> so this is March when it comes out. I'm never saying the Benassi name again ever. And I'm in Michigan, and uh, it's right before the election, and we're doing uh, setting up the studio there, and we're covering the election at the Swing States, Swing State Studios, what we called it, Ohio and Michigan, right there on the border. And I'm sitting there, and we're covering the election. I'm feeling really good. And who comes on uh, to CNN? Matt Benassi, this European Space Agency liaison to the Pietro guy. And he starts in on George Webb again. I'm like, that's it. That's it. Five months, I didn't say anything. I'm going back. Go. We're, going to, we're going to fucking war. <laughs> and that's when I sued him. That's when I sued him. I didn't, I, a whole five months, I didn't do anything. But it was that Matt Benassi right before the, uh, before the election. I said, okay, I, I, there's no, I have no choice. And I based the lawsuit on the Sandman case. Same sort of thing where one person just is going to see the, I think it was the Lincoln Memorial with a bunch of kids. And they get accosted by this native group, and they get it gets filmed in the confrontation. Oh yeah, the Covington shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they turn it around like these white supremacist kids swarmed on these Native Americans that were quietly protesting, which is complete one eighty spin of what really happened. And he won uh, 
20 million or something. Yeah. I, he, I settled out of court, but he gave me a lot of precedent, man, yeah. a lot of precedent case law about first amendment protections yeah. and re, you know, so, so, and then Dershowitz sues because they mischaracterized his uh, Senate testimony and gave me another ton of case law that I yeah. CNN too. It's not some trucking company in the fifties, you know, yeah. this is like perfect case law. Yeah. So uh, December the 20th is when the, the, uh, when the hearing is uh, I've survived. They filed a motion to dismiss. Uh, I wrote a response. They wrote a reply, which is the, you know, it's the tennis match that you do at the beginning to see if it's going to go to trial. And then they were going to finally summarize all this evidence that you just heard um, on the 20th on a Zoom call, and we'll see if we're going to trial or not. And there's seven other people that were smeared, so that may be class action after that. But I wanted to make sure that it survived the, you know, and I'm going up against a top law firm, you know. Sure. I mean, this, uh, these guys, you know, here, right here, you know, I mean, they're, uh, they're sparing no expense, but you know, it's all these gross point lawyers. They're going to come down there with their $500 wingtips and think, oh, we're going to just roll over this guy. And I think actually I got a pretty good case. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if you get like Rittenhouse to join you for like defamation. He, Cause he's probably going to sue, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to be in his bucket. Um, because I think, well, first of all, I'd never, I, I just, first of all, I wouldn't be out in a race riot or any kind of riot or whatever. Oh, with well, the, yeah, yeah, for sure. M16. I mean, yeah. It's, you just, you, it's just, yeah. You kind of look at I mean, yeah. only two things are going to happen. You're either going to shoot somebody or somebody's going to shoot you. It's like, and, yeah, it's like nothing good happens after 3am. It's like, why are you out at the bar? What are you guys doing? Like, what yeah. do you, I mean. I mean, what are you doing? You're trying to get fucked up? You're trying to like torture cop car, or are you trying to like you know cheat on your wife, or you're trying to get in a fight? Nothing good's happening. Yeah, I, I always tell my kids. I said, don't ever you know get in a fight because you have a lot more to lose than the guy who's trying to get in a fight with you. Usually, it's the really ugly guys that want to get in fights. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. they have nothing to lose. You're probably going to make them look better at the end. You know, so Break don't get them. Yeah, look. yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that might be like a new sort of like a, you know, truism. Like you tell your kids, you know, it's like early bird gets the worm. Don't go out into a race riot with a gun, you know, do unto <laughs> others as you'd like to have done to you. Don't go to a race riot with a gun. It's just like I a little it. thing your grandma knits on like a towel. Don't go to a race riot with a gun. Unless, of course, there's wide head overhead surveillance that can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh well, and see, I, I, I noticed how they're doing a lot of courtroom drama right now. There was another case, too, that they dropped into the courtroom. And I, I think this is CNN's way of saying these are the things that are happening in the courts of America right now. So we're covering the court beat because they don't want to cover their case. Yeah, right? it does. It does seem like look at this. Doesn't yeah. it? It's the shiny object. And it, it's it's one of those litmus test things where it's just going to divide people. Either he's a hero or he's the biggest horrible racist ever, right? And it's going to be one of two camps. So both sides are dossiering themselves in social media. Uh, and it just, I, I say, don't take a gun to a race riot. Don't go to race riots, you know? Stay home. Yeah. Uh, you, know, I, you know, don't stay home because of coronavirus. Stay home because of race rides and don't take an m16 or whatever he had ar-15 yeah that's stupid it, it, it's just 
You're right. There's this like hyper polarization where people are like, where do you come down on the Rittenhouse thing? Well, first of all, I'm not a lawyer. But if I look at it, they say the case is about was it self-defense? Well, in that kind of like microcosm in time, sure, it did look like self-defense. But it's okay to like, there is a third option. You don't have to go, they were protesting and they were killed by a white supremacist. Or, you know, he's an American loving patriot who was just taking out commies. It's like, you know, there's a there's a third option that's like, hey, none of this was good. And maybe we should try to avoid this. Maybe Maybe you shouldn't be attacked and put in a spot where you're going to defend yourself. Maybe you shouldn't roll into a race riot with an AR. Like there is a point where you can go, none of this was good. Like you don't have to, you don't have to black and white it, right? It's okay to go, maybe there's a little bit of a gray area. You don't, it's like someone tweeted the other day, that picture, it's like Greta Thunberg and Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's like our 17 year old versus their 17 year old. And it's like, are we playing Pokemon? Like, what what do you mean? Here's mine and he's going to do self-defense and she's going to do megaphone. How dare you? And it's like, what's going on in your personal lives at home that you give that you have to live through these avatars of these 17 year olds battling with an AR or a megaphone? How's your home life? When's the last time you called your mom? Have you taken your dog out today? Is your kitchen clean? Are do are you where you want to be with your own health? Have you tried dieting? Have you put on the new part of the house? Have you painted the there are a lot of little things in your life that you can clean up first before you give a shit about which yeah. Pokemon you come down. Well, Greta would hit him and it's like Huh? What? Start a podcast. Do something to just find time. You know, series of window displays on home safety. I mean, or, or seriously, yeah. seriously. You know what I do every? I do a couple every morning. I make my bed. I also do my laundry. I and every Sunday I clean my kitchen. There are these little things I do where it, my little routines on Sundays. I clean my bathroom. I get some Windex, spray it all down. You know, I do my laundry and I do you know these on this day and this. And every morning I I, I make my bed and uh, you know I offload the podcast episodes onto these hard drives and I you know kind of run some cleaning thing. I do all these little like tokens, these little like exercises and making my own self better. I have plants and I make sure to water them on these days. All of these little things that, and this is going to sound wild, are little tiny improvements in my life and little self-improvement goals. And when you have these little things and they start to grow, not literally like a plant, but even the podcast, right? And I soon I tweak the camera and I get a better microphone and I try new lighting and new Ethernet cables. When I have this fulfilling sort of garden of personal projects you stop giving a fuck about (laughs) what did Greta say? Well, fucking Kyle clapped back at this. Well, Reddit said, when you do all this, you don't have to just avoid it and go, I shouldn't pay attention. No, I'm more concerned with, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make ice today. I have an ice tray. I need to make sure to refill my ice. It's just little tiny. (laughs) Did you sweep the fuck in front of your door? I do that every once in a while. Just, you know, make sure my house is safe. Maybe I should get a fire. Just little shit to just improve your own life. And my God. I do want to. Yeah. I do want to. On Tornberg, though, somebody put her face next to some Nazi figure. Oh, yeah. Um, Like young girl. 
Yeah, um, but yeah, I can't remember who it was, but anyway, it was one of the Nazis' kids, and it was shocking. I mean, I, 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 I saw that too, it, the doppelganger. I, it, yeah. yeah, it was like, oh my God, it could be one of the Nazi grandkids. Oh my God, you're right. Like Himmler's grandkid or something like that. And Merkla and it just resembles Hitler so much. I mean, it's, it, it, it is dude, it's creepy. Some of them are fucking creepy. Some of them you look yeah. at and you're like, Rosenstein and Himmler. Oh my goodness, God. And then uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the uh, uh, James uh, with the CIA? Wolsey and G- Reinhard Gellin. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Those are those similarities. But that's a fun card game. Yeah. That's a fun card game. That isn't something that you want to, you know, do on social media. I, I would never do that. That's, that's, that's maybe something you, a card game. Yeah. These little fun facts about how genes are passed down as opposed to like lock and load. We're rolling to Kenosha tonight. Like, <laughs> well, and he wasn't, I don't think he even lived in, uh, no, I don't wasn't think, he, I don't think he was he, from Illinois. I think I, I was yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? Traveling to uh, Kenosha hey, for may, a Maybe. And this is, this is my hot take. Obviously, I don't want people fucking unsubscribing. You don't support Rittenhouse. I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't, again, I don't give a shit. It's not that I support or don't support. I'm more concerned about, I'm going to fucking go make sure my, my bedroom is vacuumed. I have my own yeah. little fucking gardens of self-improvement. Well, but the point it is... Does, it, it does make you think, though, and, and I love the self-improvement thing. Uh, uh, it does make you think this. He was kind of the Lee Harvey Oswald of our time, though. You know, because, well, Har- Lee Harvey Oswald did go on and do some operations and drop some things, you know, like the altitude and, and the lat long of the U2. You know, you don't need a lot of information from the dupe to shoot down on YouTube. But uh, anyway, uh, I think, you know, they they put him in a situation by a whole bunch of nice cars, which are going to be the first thing, right? Right next to an auto zone that has all these flammable chemicals, right? I don't know all the details, but it just seemed like an incendiary beginning. And then you put him by himself, right, with this automatic weapon, which is going to get attention, it is white as a pancake, right? So he's going to get a lot of attention from that. Uh, and then you're going to put him in a fear situation where he's completely overwhelmed by the crowd. And therefore, he's only going to have one recourse, which is his, his weapon. I, it just seemed like it was set up like, now, Lee, I'm going to be talking to you outside the Texas School Book Depository. And I'm going to then give you money for lunch and a Coke. And I want you to go sit on the second floor. You know, and there's George Bush there with his hand on his hip, you know, going, there's your money, Lee. You know, you just just nudge it along. I'm more of the mind now that, like, the conspiracies aren't necessarily that, like, the CIA flew the planes into the towers. But it's more so you bring it, plausible deniability, you bring it right up to the edge. Yeah. You maybe you maybe shut down their surveillance system so they can come into the country. Maybe make yeah. sure they're flush with money. Pay the flight instructor to look. I'm more of the mindset that it's it's less of like, all right, Kyle, you're going to do this, but it's more so like you just make the situation. You put all the dry leaves in the newspaper next to the can <laughs> of gas, and then you open up a shooting range, and you're like, if a bullet goes there, a bullet goes there. But you know, it's yeah. I've shooting kind of, flares, flare shooting practice. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or uh, next to a 4th of July. And you give July. a bunch of sparklers to six-year-old girls. Just you know, on the 4th of July, around. and you just, fuck it, we'll see what happens. I kind of tend to think it's more... My conspiracy about all of this is like, it is 
the entire thing is to drive us, drive us and divide us so that eventually there is friction. And when the friction comes, it's not about the left or the right benefiting. It's about the state now having a reason to uh, force through new laws, right? Right after 9-11, it's not, it's that now we can do NSA. Now we can do, it's not just contracts, but it's also exerting control. I tend to think that the idea of driving us, whoever wins this trial, Rittenhouse or the, or whoever, whatever, whether it's Chauvin or George Floyd, the end goal is, is, is they're, they're sowing dissent and division. And when that leads to more explosions of violence, it will lead to the normalization of, well, we need Gorgon Stare over every city so we can find out, you know, maybe that's what the plan is. Maybe you, maybe you get Rittenhouse off the hook and you go, thank God for that. If we see that headline in the coming weeks, you know, if we see some conservative pundit going, thank God for that overhead surveillance, that's when, that's when you'll know this, what it is. They're driving through the fucking normalization of, well, you know, thank God that Gorgon stares up there because on the, on the one in a hundred trillion race, to the trillionth power that I find myself in a race riot with an AR and I get chased down and I got to blow someone's arm off. Thank God there's high definition video. Well, how are you going to know when that happens? I won't know when it happens. So the pro- just got to be safe. We just need to record everything all the time. And that's how it happens. Yeah. Rodney King, I remember in yeah. LA ended up, uh, you know, I went back and looked at all the land and it was all owned by petroleum companies and they put skyscrapers and big brick area, you know, in all these different public places, all these different, you know, Unical and whatnot. And I can't remember all the different companies, but, all that area, burned out area, became huge high rises for oil companies. And I'm like, wait a minute. It seems like the oil companies would have encouraged people to, like you say, give people, show them how to make the cocktail. You know, there was, uh, we had that happen in New York where they showed them how to make a Molotov cocktail because people forgot how. Yeah. So leave the pallets of bricks in the city. Yeah. Don't tell anyone what to do with them because that's now you're breaking a the law. They learn. Right. They learn from Oswald. They're like, you can't be in direct contact with them. You got to just yeah. get, you just got to leave the Carcano rifle. You just got to yeah. get them the job. Don't tell them what to do. Just maybe this happens. Just push it right to the edge. And if we do go into Vietnam, Ruth Payne and the other guy, uh, whatever, the other guy who had the house where they kept Oswald will be millionaires and I.B. Hale will be a millionaire. They'll start General Dynamics and they'll sell the F-111 and it'll be great. So, you know, I just, I think that you have to look deeper into these things. We had George Floyd. I mean, I feel horrible about the murder of George Floyd, sure. but, but I ran down the guy, Chauvin guy, as a realtor in Florida and not being a police officer in, in Minneapolis. That's a big problem for the story. I saw Floyd had several gun type charges uh, and, and cocaine and, and the drug history, but uh, looked like he was gun running from Port Arthur, uh, Texas. So it looked like Chauvin actually may have employed him and was giving him Confederate, uh, Confederate uh, con- counterfeit money and he was spending the counterfeit money too aggressively. So I look at it and say, these are two kind of partners in crime that have somehow their scene has been filmed on how you would do gangland violence enforcement, which is horrible. And I, then for a man to die that way is just ridiculous. Sure, It's a horrible murder, but it's not what you think it is. 
That that's that's what I'm saying is dig deeper to see what actually happened. He's making these pornographic movies. Where is he coming up with all the money for the pornographic movies? Where is he coming up with all the the drugs? How is he coming moving the weapons back and forth from Port Arthur? I I want to understand all that before I start saying America's racist. Um, our our and, and all this is happening when our news agency I work for is was founded in Africa. African uh, lady, and there's got four African American kids that I babysit every once in a while at our new studio. Guys, uh, married to an African wife. I had to move out of the house I was living at because uh, the African grandmother, who's, who's also royalty, I'm just saying, he pushes me out of the house. So, how am I racist? CNN saying I'm racist. How am I racist? I work for an African news agency <laughs> in Detroit. You know, it's not like I said, hey, I, I see an opportunity here. I'm going to Miami. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, but that's like another case, right? Like Chauvin Floyd, like, you know, one side's like, like that's an evil cop and, you know, he shouldn't, right? I mean, that's, you know, I, why do you need to put a knee on an neck? And then, then the other, other side's going, well, you know, you know, Floyd did hold a pregnant woman, did point a pistol at a pregnant woman when, uh, at her stomach when he was robbing his ha- robbing her house. Like, that's also true. Again, it's okay to, like, come down on a third side and go, maybe this whole thing was fucking shitty, and maybe there's something deeper to look at. Like, it doesn't have to be, which side are you? Like, it's pretty damned if you do, damned if you, you know, all right, which one of these two options best describes you? You beat your wife or you beat your daughter? And it's like, I don't, I don't beat anybody. It's like, <laughs> which are you, Chauvin kneeling on the neck or pregnant woman or a pregnant woman a harasser and robber George Floyd? And it's like, I feel, again, it's back to Pokemon. Which one did you use? Uh, I threw down Chauvin. I throw down Floyd. And it's like, fight. And it's like, it doesn't, who's benefiting from it more? And it's sowing internal dissent in our country. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's a small group of people that are doing this too. Uh, you know, going back to motion picture unit one in LA where, uh, you know, John Houston and Spielberg's dad and, and Adam Schiff's relatives, they're used to things that will gin people up, right. And, and taking stories and ginning them up. Pearl Harbor uh, was kind of ready to go. You know, as far as you know, horrible Japanese, you know, we got to, and I admit, if I would have, I probably would have ran out and signed up too, but, you know, you just, there's so much emotion in these things and they're showed, they were, it was showed on every uh, movie theater in America at that time. Uh, the the presidential address was a day later, I think, you know, the, the Congress declaring war, maybe two days later, but it was like 99 to zero. The Vietnam War started the same way. You know, those two torpedoes were fired at our, you know, Jim Morrison's dad's, you know, boat. And, uh, you know, he's going to go on to become a famous Doors uh, musician. So it had to be the way that Jim Morrison's dad said it was. And we should go to war for 13 years because of that, because of the two torpedoes that missed that never really existed. You know, Gulf of Tonkin. So, I mean... You, you look at these wars and you think, is this happening again? Is this, it's, again, is this breakout, the super spreader event that happened at these NATO Wuhan military games, is this going to be the thing that, that ends up with World War III? Can, right? Because remember World War I. One guy, 18-year-old guy, shoots a, a low-level yeah, low guy. And how many people died because of Spanish flu, because the soldiers brought it back? 
the American soldiers brought it back, uh, uh, you know, 100 million people, 20 million, what, pick a number. But one guy, 18-year-old, shoots a low-level guy in Serbia, and then 20 million people die. This may be, this is what I, why I call, wrote the book World War DARPA. This could be the, uh, the World War I event, the powder keg event for World War III between us and China. Question. And I don't like it. Go Question. Ahead. Can we t- keep talking about this? Can I go take a piss? Sure. I'll, I'll, I've got a, uh, I'll start advertising my books. Monologue. Monologue. Fuck. Oh, no, I, I want to get into that. I want to get into that. All right. All right, everybody. Uh, while Tommy is away taking a break, a very necessary break, I'm going to uh, talk about the books I've written that categorize and delineate all the things that we're talking about here. And uh, I've written uh, actually 42 books. I've written 42 books. Uh, these are pamphlet size, 42 pages, Tom and Payne, uh, 42 pa- uh, page uh, type pamphlets, up to 99 page booklets, 42 of those. They were all on Amazon. I sold 18,000 books in one year. Uh, many, many, many bestsellers, uh, and many category bestsellers still are category bestsellers, but then Amazon took them all down. So then I went to a small news agency. Again, I mentioned neighborhood news agency, an agency out of Africa. And they, uh, we decided to do summary books. So we did six books. We did six books that basically summarize about 30 of those pamphlets and booklets, maybe 33, 34 of them, along with uh, all new information. So the first 200 pages of these books was all new information, all new research. And then we uh, salvaged um, the older uh, books in these things. So there's six summary books that are available at neighborhoodnewsstudio.com neighborhoodnewsstudio.com, just click the little gold star, not the gold star from Hitler's gold star, not the vaccine badges gold star, but the gold star there that says George Webb Books when you go to Neighborhood News Studio. Excuse me, sorry, that that, that 3D printed burger. Um, Go to neighborhoodnewsstudio.com and print that. And you will uh, be able to get our books. You can also get mugs. And we have these mugs that have the different books printed on them and different people like Klaus Schwab printed on them. Why? Uh, well, we want you to advertise the books because it's a way of con- con- uh, communicating the information that the books exist. And then also you can have these little clubs, little uh, coffee and news clubs called um, neighborhood news clubs. And I want to uh, welcome uh, Tommy Kerrigan back oh, into the control seat. And we'll tell you more about the neighborhood newsstand, a new innovative way of sharing uh, red pill type information at your place of business, but we won't talk about that right now because we have the great Tommy uh, Kerrigan coming back on to the set. I think Kyle Rittenhouse and Greta Thunberg should get married, and I think they make the they make some ugly, ugly kids, make some ugly fucking kids. Um, <laughs> neighborhood and, news. Those studio. kids should be hung. <laughs> those kids should be hung. <laughs> Those hypothetical kids. You're allowed to incite any kind of violence toward hypothetical kids. Tommy, uh, hypothetical. Tommy, what's kids. your take on the whole Rittenhouse? I've got a rather more of a left field take. It's not that I think it was self defense or that the race riots should or shouldn't have happened or Chauvin should have. Bear with me. I personally think that when they're of when they're of age, I think um, I actually you know hear me out. I think Kyle Rittenhouse and Greta Thunberg should actually procreate. And then we take those kids and we hang them by the neck till they're dead. Yeah. What? I, I, that's what? the only time I'll ever encourage any violence 
is to any written house progeny that then all bets are off. You can go after them. That might be. And uh, the neighborhood news studio. Yeah. Go buy George's books. I bought them all or the, yeah, I showed you all of them last time I had them go buy them, support them, support what he's doing. Fuck censorship. And ultimately when there is a deep state EMP that knocks out all existing information, you will have the written word. And uh, that's the only thing that will remain. Um, yeah. So yeah, when I really the American had, revolution, Tommy, Common sense, 42 pages. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, just, yeah. just saying. It's so, but what you were saying about it feels like when these things happen, they don't need it. And this is kind of what I've pieced together in like my short life is when these things happen, they don't need to be a hundred percent airtight, right? Per, USS Maine, Pearl Harbor, JFK. Gulf of Tonkin, uh, 9-11, COVID, they don't need to be airtight, right? Because it always gets goofy. You're like, hold on, wait, they were looking at Oswald for four years? They're like, wait, they put all the old naval ships and moored them together right in Pearl Harbor. And then they, you know, we purposely started cutting off uh, like oil embargoes. And, you know, there was radar readings about incoming things. And we're like, oh, it's a flock of birds. And it's like, by the time the telegram got there, it actually sat pigeonholed. And was uh, they found it the next day when it said, you know, warning, you know, attack inbound, all of these things, you know, surveilling all these Muhammad Atta and you know, they all wanted to learn how to fly planes, but not how to land them, you know, just little tiny things building. And you go, man, they're so sloppy, but you almost got to look at like, like studying in college when I'd study for like organic chemistry or something. I mean, there was kind of the inverse on Candy Valley where you could study, you know, 10 hours, that would get you a B, study 20 hours, and that would get you an A, study 30 hours, and that would get you a 95. But to get that last 5%, it, it wasn't worth the input, you had to study for like 100 hours. So it, you almost don't need to waste all that. Because by the time people do start to pick it apart, the USS Maine, Pearl Harbor, JFK, Gulf of Tonkin, by then, You've already railroaded through the thing you wanted to get done. And by the time, I mean, by the time we really start to break apart what happened on 9-11, we went to war, did it for 20 years and withdrew. It's over. The crime's done. The gold was seized. The robber got away. And then there's a new one, right? COVID. Or, you know, so by the time you figure out who did JFK, like the Vietnam War is finished and like the veterans are old. So... All this stuff that happens, you almost, they almost don't need to be airtight. Like, is, is Rittenhouse, Chauvin, is all of this a psyop to normalize the Gorgon stare over every square inch of America? I mean, is that what it is? And by the time you figure out what it was, it's fucking 20 years in the future and there's the new one. And I, I tend to think you're correct that that's what COVID is. It's, we're going to say we don't know what happened and sure, like the lower level conspiracies, they're making money, but that's not even the big, you know, the big, uh, whatever, uh, the big tuna, whatever the fuck the saying is, the big enchilada. The real thing is, is eventually going to, there's going to be, you know, a breaking leak. I don't know, some sort of defector, like the guy that, you know, dong, dang, or, you know, whoever the DIA, who's going to come in and we're going to, we're going to have grave implications that this was a bioweapon by China. Oh, wouldn't that be a great thing for us to 
go to war with China rising, the only true threat to United States global hegemony. That's, I, I kind of feel like you're exactly on to it. Really? It was just Gavrilo? If some, some fucking, you know, angsty teenager went out with a gun and it led to 100 million dead people? Are you sure that wasn't, I mean, are you sure that wasn't all the gas in the paper? And then it's like, hey, kids, want some sparklers? Like, it, it kind of feels like it's right there, right? Well, you know, the Black Hand organization yeah, that he was a part, that part of, of yeah, so, yeah they, they had been threatening the royalty of the Habsburgs for a long time. It's just like like for 18 years. So it was kind of like, like we'll continually fund them, continually give them weapons, continually let them print on their printing press and so forth. And yeah, the, the China thing, it, everyone thinks China is going up against the United States. But if you look at the Belt and Road and you look at the partnerships, this is where I say get off the, anytime you have a flag involved or anytime you have a country involved, you're, that's lazy journalism. Yeah, You want to get down to the person, okay? And look at the real uh, joint ventures. If you look at the joint ventures into these uh, different things, uh, David Martin says, follow the patents. I think you might have had him on, maybe not. But um, you, you look at the patents, uh, there's this green cross, uh, the, this green cross pharmaceuticals that is in South Korea, it's in Japan. And three of the guys were unit 731, the founders. Jesus. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I, you know, if I could leave the most horrific bioweapons uh, experiments ever, and then start a pharmaceutical company and then make a whole bunch of money off of releasing the virus and then coming up with the vaccines that are the same genetic code. I only have to drop a few proteins. What? Yes, I, I'm in this. You know, do you mean- you'd have to have some sort of crazy precedent like that. Like, I don't know, Nazi, I'll just throw it out there, like Nazi rocket scientists coming back to the United States so that they could build rockets against their Nazi scientist brethren building rockets for the USSR. Yeah, Something crazy clip. like that. Yeah. And I had a friend, a good friend, Dr. Hamamoto, write a, a great uh, piece in his book, Servitors of Empire, about rice paperclip. This was the bioweapons is the uh-huh. is not the not the not nuclear that, side. It, yeah. it, it's the bioweapons side. And of course, Eric Traub of the Nazi bioweapons ends up working at Fort Detrick. That's nice. Bringing all of his refrigerator full of horrors, his Pandora's box to Fort Detrick. So that's another story that we cover. But, you know, I, I, I think if you look at Eric Prince going in and starting Frontier Services, a spy Mm. agency in Hong Kong, right before the breakout, having the police and fire games in August in Chengdu in 2019. Another great group to test on is police and fire because they go to these games every year. You can test if your bioweapon's working or not. They're up the Yangtze, you know, stuff goes down river. I don't know uh, how this thing is being vectored, but at least you look at these, uh, you know, Hunter Biden, you know, I keep trying to tell old YouTube partners of mine, Hunter Biden's not the mastermind. Yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald's not the mastermind. He's, it, it might, he's getting the, it might the blow your, Yeah, it might blow your mind, but it's not that they're not, they're not in the dark room with the cigars and the pins and the strings on the walls. And like, and this is how I'm going to make Halliburton a trillion dollars. <laughs> No, it's not, you know, you know, and, and they cut this area through Belt and Road. And most of the people that get trampled on in this U.S. partnership, Rothschild Energy is half of it. And then CEFC is the other half of the, the uh, equation here. And, and Hunter Biden gets all the blame for, you know, uh, sending all the uh, getting all the accepting all the $500,000 bribes and then asking for a $10 million 
wire. Well, once you ask for the $10 million wire, you're in it. You're yeah. guilty. Yeah. And of course the guy ye disappears, you know, because we've already got you on tape saying, here's send me the 10 million. So, but they, but if you look at what actually happened with Belt and Road, they're trying to build a, a pipeline to the Baku. So the Rockefeller intro, you know, the ownership of the petroleum and gas in the Baku in the, you know, north of Iran can be go through all these stands, the ones you don't know or remember, Turkestan, Tajikistan, Todd, Tajikistan, uh, yeah, yeah, all of them, Kazakhstan, all of those are the ones that are, people are dying and getting trampled. And the, and the Muslims out in Western China, the Uyghurs. Now, when you add into the fact, if you're a Rockefeller guy, you're going to love this, you spray with your bioagent, not necessarily a bioweapon, but a bioagent, so people get sick, not die, the ones that come into the infirmary that don't that don't come into the infirmary that that are strong, those B cells are the real tough B cells. If you clone those B cells, you come up with something called a monoclonal antibody, oh, and you get trillions. You get trillions. You get trillions. So you win no matter what. You know, you develop the vaccines and the therapeutics for the people who get sick, and you clone the B cells of the, the strong that don't get affected and you make a monoclonal antibody that it's not, they want you to think it's U S versus China. Yeah. Every once in a while they throw them a, a, a bone and say, here's a hypersonic missile. Yeah. So now we got to make some kind of missile that stops hypersonic missile, right. To keep the arms race going. But the real victims here are the people in those stands along the pipeline route. And that's what they don't want to tell you. And that's Kofor black. It's the same guy who was right in the middle of the distillation of the whole 9-11. It's, you know, and I admittedly fall for that dichotomy a lot. I'm like, it's us versus China. It's freedom versus communism. And it's often never that. It's a very, yeah, there's something going on. It's right. You can, we. It's like what uh, the comedian Tim Dillon said about like uh, being like Democrat or Republican, kind of like what we're talking about, like Chauvin and, and Floyd or Rittenhouse and whatever. And I've, we've been talking bullshit that I, for a second, I was like the whole trial of Rittenhouse shooting Greta. And I'm like, that didn't happen. That's something George and I talked about. <laughs> but like what Tim <laughs> Dillon says about like, he goes, what what viewing the world through an either leftist or rightist lens is, is ultimately it's intellectual uh, laziness. It's yes. you can disregard the other side as doesn't matter, they're wrong. And you don't have to think about the stance that you're supporting because you know that your side supports it. So this is the side we support versus breaking each issue down and going, what really happened and who's benefiting and who's getting hurt? And I think you said it right. Whenever, I mean, and right, me and you, whenever there are flags involved, like chances are you're not looking at the base reality. You're looking at one of the puppets or the others, but you're not looking at, and I'm not trying to sound like some edgy 12 year old who just got into conspiracies. It's all puppets, man. But no, seriously, when it's, when it's that simple, it's just China versus America. When the fuck has anything in your life ever been that simple? <laughs> like, right. Like the big fight and between China and the U S over South China sea, maybe taking all of the Philippines and Indonesia's rights and acting like it's a battle between the Chinese and the Americans. And Henry Kissinger uh, negotiated all this at the end of the Vietnamese war, all the offshore oil. So, and, and the big story of the Vietnamese war was all the offshore oil rights, but you didn't hear that in the news. Henry Kissinger doesn't, didn't televise that, 
right, in the negotiations. The only reason they couldn't wrap up the Paris peace talks is because the Russian oil company that he was in Habsies with for the offshore Vietnamese oil wasn't completed yet. Once they had that deal signed, then we had peace in Saigon. Oh, the Paris peace talks. What a breakthrough. So, uh, yeah, um, we could go on all day, but I would love to do this again with you, Tommy. This has been, uh, you're so engaging. It, I went double over the time I said. I know. Uh, but you're just that great of a host. It is my master plan. I finally got <laughs> you that long. Dude, I'd love to do it again sometime. I absolutely love shooting the shit with you. It's, uh, yeah, it's anytime. Uh, let's do, you know, we should think about Saturdays because I've uh, gone to a Monday, yeah. uh, Wednesday, uh, Friday schedule. So Saturdays would be a good day. Dude, I would love it. I would absolutely yeah. love that. Well, know. pencil me in for next two, uh, Saturday at, at, at two again, and let's do this again. A week from... Is today a week from now. Is today Saturday? Uh, my, my, my Isn't it Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. My brain's just running together. Dude, well, that's how I know I'll have a day for you and just you, and then I can prepare for your show, and then I'll do Dude, a Sunday show. Yes, I, that makes me so excited. Yeah, and then, but we want to be able to rebroadcast you on our channel. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so you yeah. you send me the file over if you get a, a Google Drive link or something, however you do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then yeah. obviously I'm not on YouTube because I got banned, but I put it up on Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble. If there's a way you guys can rip it directly from there. Um, oh yeah, we'll just download from there, yeah. and we'll just we'll just link to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you have you have my permission. I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah, I'm awesome. Put it on. George Look and see how people work together. This yeah. is how people work together. It doesn't just have. It doesn't have to be. Now, if I start spraying George with bio agents, you guys are gonna think that something else is going on. But uh, yeah, no, you can use it. I don't give a shit. And you're, uh, yeah. I almost thought about sailing the boat to you. I said, you know, damn it, I was, uh, you know, the boat was. It was kind of like a millstone around my neck, and I was like. I'm going to sail all the way down there. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I probably should probably be doing news and just sell the boat. And so I gave it to this guy. I knocked a thousand bucks off. He was uh, a Bradley fighting vehicle. The guy at the turret. Yeah. During, uh, you know, that was his job. He okay. trained at Fort Benning. And I thought, yeah, he needs the boat. He, he needed to live on. Yeah. I'm like, Maryland? Maryland's going to be cold, dude. He goes, well, I'm going to be in Virginia. I said, you know, that's just across the river. <laughs> oh, you're all the way oh, down in that tra- tropical climate. It's like, dude, that's like... An, <laughs> you're in Colonial Beach? That's like an hour on the freeway, dude. Yeah. Tops. Well, well, it's it's it's, tw- it's seven miles across the Potomac there, and it's the same latitude. I think, actually, Colonial Beach is north of Cobb Island. I'm like... Uh, <laughs> to freeze your ass off you're gonna need a heater thank god i gave him a nice solar panel and beautiful everything was beautiful so (laughs) he's gonna be warm no i'm gonna be in new hampshire it's pretty cold there oh don't worry about it i'm in maine (laughs) all right man fuck it go for it Uh, all right do it all right so tommy the great tommy kerrigan everybody i can't tell you how much i enjoyed this hell yeah and i'll let you play out the show Uh, there's really no there's really no play outro music or anything um uh uh Greta There's v. a story <laughs> of a family named Manassi who developed some fucking bioweapons. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, you know, every family, right? You don't think they always, developed them? Well, I, I don't think she did. I think she's just this person who, you know, hey, pick up that valise. I'm the Supreme Allied Commander and take it from point A to point B. Where I'm going to China. I'm going to be watching these games. Pick up the valise, take the valise. Okay, you know, I put the hand. Why am I putting handcuffs on the? I don't know. 
just take it. That's your job. Okay. No questions asked. Right. So that all these people don't need to be involved. They don't need to know what they're carrying around, but they do have a program. The state department actually does have a program where you actually carry different bio agents on commercial aircraft. We've read this chapter and verse from state department documents over and over. Wow. It does happen. It's, it's happened 600 different times. Well, they say, well, it'd be too much cost and expense, right? It could be that coronavirus, the one that got spread. And again, I'm not saying she knew anything about what was in any, sure. any of the luggage, but it, it could be just a very low level common cold, you know, just, just to see an experiment, to see the propagation patterns. Um, you know, like they almost call it a mock virus, just so that they could see the, the spread pattern. Could have been a whole big mock exercise that they think is very legitimate, but that other people then took the mock exercise and made it the pandemic. Uh, you see it, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's that's one thing I've thought is I I guess I kind of thought of like a hybrid of that, where they release this. And well, it was kind of like that was intended. They knew it was a mock and they knew people were going to freak out. But to them, that's how they got the most accurate and uh, realistic real world experiences. You know, like the idea of like the Tic Tac flying over the Nimitz, right? The, you know, the UFO, the idea that like, if that was some like skunk works technology, that's exactly what you do is you fly it over like a, an aircraft like strike group, an aircraft carrier strike group. So you could see what the most, because if they knew, if you know it's a drill, there's always going to be part of you that, you know, if, even if it's a fire drill, you're, you're never going to quite act in the same way as if there's actual like heat and smoke and the adrenaline of going, oh my God, it's a fire. So if they wanted to see how the world reacted to, and let's just, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that, let's play devil's advocate. Maybe the powers that be, maybe Klaus Schwab, maybe they're looking out for us. Let's just say that. Maybe they want to see what would happen if a, a terrorist cell released smallpox or what would happen if China actually did release a bioweapon to attack the free world. Maybe let's run this with, with coronavirus just enough to get people the real scare. Sure, 4 million will be dead, but maybe we can get some real world feedback systems. Maybe we can have satellites monitoring how does global traffic slow down and supply. Maybe how do supply lines break down? Do people listen to media centers? What happens? How effective is our censorship program? Because let's run this drill with COVID and lose $10 trillion in economic output and 4 million lives because maybe we now have an effective battle plan against a, uh, an Ebola outbreak that would put us out ten quadrillion dollars in economic output and kill four billion people. I mean, I mean that is a, that is a. I think that's a completely legitimate idea. And in, in, in my book, I talk about Operation Sea Spray, where they actually released a mock bioagent inside the Pentagon using air filters. Right. This is why I took so much interest in this group that seemed to be putting air filters in this house over by Fort Belvoir, which is the intelligence command. But they did this in 1950. They actually sprayed San Francisco uh -huh. from a ship, yeah, from Stephen a Navy Hat ship. Stephen Hatfield talks about that in his book, Three Seconds Till Midnight. So this is uh, something they've done before and a lot. You know, and the CIA did this experiment inside our Pentagon. So this is, I, I, I definitely think there's some kind of thing uh, nanoparticle on the outside, on the uniform that sticks to the uniform that's also being tested here. 
Uh, this is how they, they we called Operation Blackjack. This was being tested by Kofor Black in Afghanistan. And so I think there's some, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, something, sometimes the particles inside, you know, because in radiology, you use particles, uh -huh. you know, the different heavy metals to do, to bring out uh, contrast. So, so we'll see. I don't, we don't have all the information yet. Could, could you, and I, and I know you were trying to wrap this up and I'll, and I will let you go. Could you like just briefly explain that though? Like, or in depth, whatever you want. It's again, I have all the time in the world. Could you explain the whole kind of graphene ox? Because that's the one thing that I like. I, I've watched your videos on that, and admittedly, I haven't. I haven't dived deeper into that. I, I can't quite find the relation to COVID and, and that. They, in my mind, they seem like two separate things. Or is it that the coronavirus proteins have an affinity for the graphene oxide? Is that what it is? Well, a friend of mine at Neighborhood News calls it DARPA pizza. You know, the pizza is the substructure or the or the platform it's like um you know the uh, the scaffolding uh of of the you know, that you're going to put pro real proteins on you're going to coat this in real proteins sort of like putting jelly i guess on jacks or something you know it looks like jelly blobs but if you eat it you're actually eating jacks you know you know like metal jacks yeah uh, and the different nanoparticles that they've done tests on again we're quoting all scientific peer-reviewed papers, not pre-published papers, but peer-reviewed. Uh, and it's gold. Gold is a nanoparticle because it shows up well in radiography. Um, then there's silver. My ex-partner was big on nano-silver particles being the platform. And then, um, and these metals have, the, they show up and they also tend to bind together. So they clump, which is good uh, for radiography. And then the one that, um, uh, I looked at was nanoferritin, which is iron-based. Again, a lot of the blood um, contrast agents are based on ferritin. Um, so that's heavy metals, using the heavy metals as a base. But you can also go lighter with your base, which is like silicon dioxide that was in the backbone of, of anthrax. That's what Bruce Ivins didn't have access to, but somehow the, the anthrax that got sent to Congress had this silicon dioxide, uh, even though... I'm kind of mixing metaphors here, but you can put human proteins on the silicon dioxide sand, basically, right? But if you want to even go smaller to one molecule, that silicon dioxide is two, three atoms, three atoms. If you want to go even smaller to just one atom, it's graphene, which is the carbon atom, which can form a sheet, one layer thick, with and has all the same properties as silicon dioxide as a semiconductor. So you can either have turn it on or turn it off. It has a switch type function. So I can turn off friendlies. They won't be attacked. I can turn on the enemy. And now the drones will hit that enemy. Um, so if you can imagine a mesh forming over the terrorist's cloth, the clothing, and you light it up and there it is. And that's the terrorist I have to get uh, with the heavier metals. Now, will, is that possible with the lighter backbones? Then what you do is you coronate that's corona, you coronate or you biocoronate the, the scaffolding with the human proteins, whatever your human protein is, spike proteins or whatever you want. But this allows you on the battlefield actually to take the, the platform, pick out of your shelf after you identify what you're being attacked with, 
pick out the right thing that's the vaccine, put it in together, shake it up, literally shake it up and now inject it. And now you have a battlefield, you know, basically pharmacy on the go, mobile, mobile pharmacy. That's the, that's what my partner was saying existed in 2011 in Libya, universal vaccine. Okay. I say it doesn't exist later till 2016 with Tim Aliphantis and Sanofi Aventis. But we'll find out all this in time. But you get the idea is these things are substrates, these different materials, graphene, for synthetic, synthetic coronavirus, synthetic Ebola, synthetic vaccines, synthetic Zika, right? And why synthetic versus live? Well, I don't have to refrigerate synthetic. Mm -hmm. I have a way of manufacturing it, like silicon chips, in tremendous volumes rather than growing it. Uh, I just, I have none of the problems associated with dealing with live stuff where it can get out of control. If I'm doing a very controlled experiment, I can spray this synthetic in an area and I know it's not going to go from person to person. There may be a little shedding from like husband to wife or boyfriend to girlfriend, but not, it's not going to go from person to person to person to person and infect a million people. Uh, and, and if you look at the actual epidemiological clusters, you see that. For instance, in Wuhan, in along Metro Line 2, where all the hospitals are and so forth, at one end, you've got the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and in the middle is where the Wuhan Games were, and at the other end is where Tianhei Airport is, and that's supposedly the fish market. What you have is huge cluster around, this is the Mike Pompeo information, huge cluster around the games, right? But along Metro Line 2, no other clusters until you get all the way out to the airport. Hmm. Okay, well, you might say, well, nobody stopped at any of the other stops. They went straight to and from the uh, airport to the games. Okay, great. Then the third cluster, though, that's not actually on Metro Line 2 is, is the fish market where there's a third cluster. But what you should see, if it was a real live virus, is a streak, like almost like a pipeline, mm-hmm. right, in between. In between, and the second cluster should be the fish market, or the first cluster should be the fish market if it was the that the cause. It was more like somebody deposited stuff at the fish market to sell it because there's not the natural spread that you normally would have between two locations like that. It just doesn't happen that way. Normally happens like radiating circles along transportation routes like metro lines. There's seven other of the Wuhan's nine hospitals on metro line too. You would have expected that whole thing would have been just one big red blur yeah. going back and forth. And that's not the case. The big cluster is at the uh, Wuhan Games. And then there's another second largest cluster at the, at the airport. And if you look at how it then spread from there, you have clusters in Italy near military bases, NATO military bases, near uh, uh, Milan, and near up in the northeast near um, Aviano or in the, on the eastern side, Aviano. Uh, and then you have other uh, cities, but then other areas not affected. And, and then if you look at the cities, again, it's very concentrated around the airports. Well, that kind of makes sense, but you don't have that. Now they got on the bus and then all the bus lines are radiated in all directions. Yeah. Now they got on the trains and they want, no, you end up with these areas, these pocket areas, like somebody was, you know, dumped a whole bunch of synthetic and then moved on. So I, I, but, you know, you get the charts every day of all the people who died 
you know, the Johns Hopkins chart, the death chart, and the cases chart, but you never get the epidemiological clusters. You never get the map. It, yeah, you don't get the heat map. We fought and fought and fought and fought for 18 months. We finally got Mike Pompeo to talk about the first three clusters in Wuhan. That should be like the first thing that you would publish to get a handle for the science of the world to get a handle. They covered it up for 18 months and still only gave us a little eyedropper of information. If you look at the original way epidemiology was used for the first time in the case of cholera, it was Dr. Snow, who was not a medical doctor. And he started with pins on a map. And pretty quickly, I think in about three weeks, he centered in a, right around this one pump, you know? And oh, yeah, yeah. He interviewed everybody in the apartment. Do you use that pump? Yep. Do you use that pump? Yep. Did you use that pump? No. Anybody in your family died? No. How many died in your family that used the pump? Eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in like three weeks. And this is before communication. This is 1800s. Yeah, yeah, 1800s, before communications, telephones, uh, telegraph, anything. This is a guy with pins walking around London with, on a chart and figured out cholera for the first time. Why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you take that same thing we learned 150 years ago in epidemiology and apply it to the world's most biggest crisis ever? Why all of a sudden? No, we can't use those type of tools. We have to just take press releases that are 18 months later from the U.S. State Department. doesn't make any sense. If this really is something that's that's getting out of control and spreading out of control, release all the information. Same thing with the athletes' records. If they, we know the athletes get tested to go to the NATO, NATO military Wuhan games for blood doping. We know the international agency that tests all their blood. We know that they all had blood tests before they went there. All the foreign ministers that start this whole story with me, right, in our group, why don't you publish the blood tests? All the vaping deaths, why don't you publish the blood tests? You said you didn't have a coronavirus PCR test at the time. Why don't you publish the blood uh, tests and make the uh, samples of the blood available, clone the blood, and let other labs around the world test the vaping deaths? Maybe this is uh, coming about because of vaping and somebody is putting something in the vape. My partner said there was this guy named Javid who owns the Riceland Hospital, but also had all these vaping companies, CBD and e-cigarettes and all this stuff in, in places where U.S. soldiers were disembarking. So there's a lot of questions. And we just, again, if, if they were on our side, they would be publishing this information, not just publishing the total stats, the fear board, but we would actually be figuring out how to actually get to the bottom of coronavirus. So my question is, is so I, I get what you're saying with like the, the clusters and stuff, right? It would be like, it'd be like if there was three, I don't know, homes or something in like the, in like the woods or something, right? And you wanted to burn them all down. You'd say it was a forest fire, but the reality people would be like a forest fire starts in one spot. And even if like, I don't know, a tractor caught on fire and drove, it would radiate outwards from that. But it's like finding three houses burned down and there's like a couple other. It looks like a perfect framing of something. Oh, it was a forest fire, but it was actually an attack, right? It's so what I what I don't get what you're saying, though, is how then did COVID spread to the rest of the world? Well, uh, there we looked at various human vectors, but. I don't know if you know this uh, group, uh, Shin Chen on Chi, but uh, there was a South Korean group that had been cultivated. The Moonies were the precursor. 
as human vectors of, of biological weapons. This was a biological weapons program that was happening uh, in the Korean War. The reason for biological weapons in Korea being ground zero is because there's 70,000 U.S. soldiers there and you don't want to start firing off nuclear warheads and kill all the U.S. soldiers. So you want to have a vaccine for your troops and you want to have a group of people that can come and go, that are coming and going, that will uh, infect the enemy. That was the original idea before the DMZ uh, went in and or before the big you know, uh, wall, if you will, and the travel was cut off. But this is one of the key reasons I think the Korean travel was cut off because of the, these plans became known. But you get the idea. You vaccinate your own people. You get a whole bunch of sick people that all are in this religious cult that all pray together. They all have a religion to eat each other's food. They all uh, like, uh, you know, it's it's like the total clustering religion where they, everybody has to eat their own. So anyway, they, they spread a lot of germs. You still have to go pray even if you're sick. Matter of fact, they like that a lot. This 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 uh, super spreader called called Shin Shen on Chi. Well, it, it turns out that three Shin Shen on Chi had two hundred thousand members in fifty countries. Okay, in the year of coronavirus, two thousand nineteen, their membership went up another hundred thousand. Another hundred thousand. Somebody's pumping money like crazy into Shin Shen on Chi, and Shin Shen on Chi had a huge. Uh, huge their base of operations in daegu south korea that's where the big super spread occurred in in south korea right that's where patient 31 is in south korea they had this patient 31 was driving people back and forth to the airport in seoul i'm assuming patient one through 30 are also uh, among the group and they had a big location in wuhan at the airport near the airport <laughs> Oh, I wonder, did a lot of those people go to the Wuhan games and then go back with the athletes to their respective areas and spray the, or put in, I don't know what they did. I don't know how they vectored it, but I would be looking at people who, if you have super spreader death cults and these people all believe in anything goes for killing non-believers and, and they're the chosen ones, right? I start with super spreader death cults. It's kind of like starting with the Manson family. If you see somebody blood, you know, wiped all over the walls, you know, and and people saying helter skelter, murder, murder, you know, and Linda Labianca's uh, clothing is is arrayed on the same street as the other murder, you know, you kind of go, well, you know, we're trying to figure out how to somebody would spread a pandemic. Let's start with a super spreader death cult. What do you say, guys? It's pretty pretty straight ahead, George Webb. <laughs> Good thinking, <laughs> you know. If you go to typical law enforcement, the first thing they'll do is you, there's a robbery. What do you do? Person of interest. Exactly. They go right to the known suspects. They say, where did it happen? The next question. Because usually the criminals do it within a couple of miles of their house, right? And then they limit it down. They go, oh, really? They just round, out, round up and say, hey, Frankie, what were you doing Friday night about 10 o'clock? Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't do anything. Well, somebody said they saw you over by the such and such. They try to get the guys talking. They usually get a, an arrest like an hour later, you know, after talking to 10 guys. That's how real police work is done. Yeah. Right? You don't go, it's one of a billion people and all ideas are on the table. You know, that's not how to solve it. But that's exactly what the WHO has done in this thing. 
And if I was getting all the bids and getting the trillion dollars for the vaccines at benassev.who.int, uh, I probably wouldn't want to be interested in finding out who did it either. So what is, and I know I, I keep holding you, but, so, <laughs> but what is, so what is the big picture? We zoom out more. What is, is it to get us to go to, is it to get us to go to war? Is it to create a new system of control for controlling your citizenry? Or, I mean, this seems, I don't think it could just be this is Pfizer and Moderna making a bunch of money. There are other ways to make money, right? I mean, like, just keep jacking up the prices, you know, by uh, uh, fucking Oxycontin, right? I mean, that was pretty, that was pretty simplistic. Make the thing that they're addicted to and make it cost a lot. Like that's, you know, that's about the extent of their creativity. This seems way too in-depth for just big pharma, which makes me think there's got to be something bigger to it. Like what are we, you know, people that are like, did you know Larry Silverstein took out a 99-year lease on the World Trade Center right before 9-11? I'm like, but I don't think Larry Silverstein coordinated with like international terrorist groups to knock down the, he would have just said, hey, we need to demolish them. It's, there's a bigger picture, right? It's oil in the Middle East. It's trillions of dollars of weapons. It's changing the geopolitical chessboard. What, what is the zoomed out 30,000 foot picture of this? Is it war with China? Is it the perceived war with China to enable arms racing, South China Sea hypersonic missiles? Or is it a sort of world government, George H.W. Bush, September 11th, 1991, a new world order? Is it, is it that? Which, which is, I would lean towards, it's probably fear-mongering to justify new budgets for Cold War Part Two. I think that's for sure. The big iron guys definitely want to keep making another. There's a new uh, missile battery being tested uh, by Raytheon or Lockheed. I can't remember which one, but out in Guam, early warning system. That's why you had the scare in Hawaii that there was a nuclear yeah, thing. And people, and, 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 yeah, and, yeah, and the people going into to the you know, manholes and all that. Uh, so there's, there's, there's always that in Washington. If you spend any time in Washington, the big iron guys are always trying to sell more big sure. iron. But, but I do think that the, the joint chiefs level and the, the Bilderberger, you know, set with Henry Kissinger and Kravitz and, and David Petraeus is their kind of runner. They're, they're talking about bioweapons as the, the future. That's the new high ground. So forget, forget nuclear nuclear really was good until about 99 and then uh, you know the Soviet Union falls there's nobody else why are we making so many nuclear weapons well China 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 well they're pretty agrarian still but this bioweapons is is the next big thing it scares everybody Ebola I think they said well you know Ebola is too a bridge too far It'll, it may make people totally freak out Right. Coronavirus is, comes from the common cold. We can probably contain the fear around coronavirus. It's a really a tightrope to walk. Um, but, you know, how much fear is the right amount to get the trillions but not kill too many? And then I think you can, you can recategorize a lot, of, a lot of people or say they're going to die anyway. They already had complicating, you know, other complicating conditions. So we just kind of pushed them over the edge. You know, there's a lot of rationalizations that you can do. But I think at the end of the day, it's we want to be able to turn off who we want to turn off and we want to turn on people who we want to turn on. And um, 
whether that's they just go away and can't procreate and we do it over time or we can do it all at once with the Klaus Schwab type method, heavy handed method. I do think it's population control. I don't think it's population reduction uh, because I think, well, mechanization and the fourth reset, we can still have all these people, but we definitely don't want the ones we don't want. I don't want them. I, I tend to lean towards that is, is it it's you'd almost play your hand too much. It would be Lee Harvey times a thousand. If you, you know, did a, a genocide pandemic and killed everyone, you know, the, the, the vaccine is a, is a bio. I don't know. I, I really don't. And I love conspiracies, but I really, I really don't. I think what you would do is something a little more, a little more soft. You would maybe, not even entirely, but maybe you'd reduce fertility rates by 50%. And in years later, you could go, we didn't know. We had no idea. It was a pandemic. We had to roll out a vaccine. And you could kind of get away with it, right? No one actually died. You just, sure, the miscarriages, but like you wouldn't have this bodies in the street imagery, right? It would be less. And then who knows? And maybe it's, maybe it's across the board, 50% fertility. But if you look closer, maybe... With China and Russia, maybe it's 90% infertility. And next thing you know, the United States is kind of populating the world. And funny how that shakes out. Like, that would be a very smooth and subtle form of warfare, right? That's Kissinger talking. Kissinger is is light touch, you know, and and when you, you know, some people change the channel, try to find them down, they go flip it like that. It's big moves, you know, and you, and you and others are safe crackers where they do this. And and Kissinger is the safe cracker and the Klaus Schwab's the, yeah. you know, he's, he's real easy. I call it heavy crayon. Kissinger's light crayon. Yeah. He is, it's, it's harder to, but both of them, their signatures I, it, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens when Henry dies because he's given the business over to uh, well, he's, Klaus. Yeah, he's ninety nine, and he. Uh, side note: His secretary will not respond to my emails, and so I do not think I will be getting Kissinger on my podcast. But I have tried. That's I love that. I love your uh, fucking. I'll, I'll play. I'll play diplomacy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, Tommy, this has been great. <laughs> I know, I know I've kept you for two hours. Let's do two o'clock yeah. uh, and we'll on do, Saturdays. And we'll do one hour, and I promise we'll, we'll cut it off at one yeah, yeah. hour. It's, we'll do uh, two o'clock on Saturdays. That'll be great. Dude, I I'm can't, so, I'm can't so, wait. I'm so fucking excited for that. This one clocking in at two hours and 45 minutes. I always said I was going to get you for longer than a half hour, and I got it. I got my gold trophy, and uh, there you from go. here forward, I will respect your one-hour request because that that is that is the best time, but – um. I'll send you this when it's up. It'll be up on Rumble, all that shit, and you can download it from there. And you have, yeah, you can use it for whatever you want. I don't give a shit. As well as all the other episodes. I'm not sure if you already have, but you can download all those and upload them. I don't care. It's um, great. Yeah, man. So, Mr. George. Tommy, awesome. Thank Thank you, brother. Now I'm going to take a bio break. All right. I I don't know how you lasted this long. That was incredible. But uh, (laughs) it's the Benassi Bunch. So, uh, Benassi bunch. There's something great comes out of every one of these things. Benassi Uh, bunch. We're three Intel operatives all together uh, (laughs) looking for a a manufactured crisis. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you soon. It's the protein folding, the computer Uh, crunch. Nano platform. (laughs) And that's the way they became the. All right, George, take care, buddy. All right, bye-bye. Peace. Recording stopped.